FMX Network Production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Una Dilla wrap-up. Weege and JT joining me, and we'll do some Loretta's talk as well in this. Thank you for listening. Fly Racing at Fly Racing USA on social media. 2024 stuff is out. Fly Formula S is amazing. Check it out. It's a it's literally a smart helmet. Uh, guys at Fly have done a really good job of this, and it's really awesome. And uh, check it out, man. Uh, read about it on flyracing.com uh, as well. Uh, thank you to those guys for coming on board. They've redesigned their gear as well. They've moved the BOA uh, over a different location. They've, they've got new designs, new graphics. Stuff looks great. Flyracing.com. Thank you to those guys. Uh, Motorsport.com. Cobolinks. We'll tell you more about them later on. Thank you to folks at Maxxis Tires. The, uh, the intermediate to hard and hard to intermediate tires are now available, developed, and tested with the expertise of seven-time Supercross champ Jeremy McGrath. Grip, stability, and predictability that surpasses all others. Available now at your local Maxxis dealer online at shop.maxxis.com. And Renthal. When you look at Justin Barsha coming back this weekend, Unadilla uses Renthal. Jason Anderson, Adam C. and Cirillo, Aaron Plessinger using Renthal. Of course, the Lawrence Brothers, Renthal, right? Renthal.com. Uh, go there. they got a dealer locator for uh, dealers in the USA on the website. They've got a, a bar measurement chart as well. Uh, 7-8 bar to fat bar. They've got you covered. Thank you to the folks at Renthal. Uh, if you've used them over the years. You know what they're doing. Grips, sprockets, chains, and, of course, handlebars. Great mountain bike stuff as well. Renthal.com. All right. Let's, uh, let's get JT and Weege on the line to, uh, to talk some Unadilla and more. All right, everybody, let's, uh, let's talk some Unadilla. Uh, we had a new 450 champion, and uh, the 250 title race just got a little, little bit boring with uh, four motos to go, but certainly lots to talk about when it comes to Unadilla on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Let's talk to a couple of gentlemen that uh, were in um, uh, New Berlin, New York this past weekend. First up, the voice of the series Back from his week at Loretta's, which I'll ask him about later on in this show. The Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Yeah. Yeah, Unadilla. It's cure. Long week at Loretta's, yes, but Unadilla's awesome, so I was still pumped to be back. Yeah, track. Playing and head to a race. Weather yeah. looked decent. Track looked good. You guys got a little bit of rain, but nothing, you know, nothing bad. And yeah, it looked like a good day, you know? Uh, Unadilla's just got a, you know, a, I don't know what you, what, what is the word for it? An atmosphere to it. A, you know what it's. 60 degrees and foggy in the morning, even in August. You're like, yeah, we're at Unadilla, baby. Yeah. Also on yeah. the line, Fly Racing. Please check them out. The new 2024 stuff is here and looked fantastic on RJ Hampshire as he was uh, flying through the air. Uh, yet again, flyracing.com. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? 
He was giving us the uh, the full like 360. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. All angles <laughs> of the uh, the product he was giving us. Uh, yeah, I was also in New Berlin, New York, and yes, as I rounded the last corner to drive into the racetrack, there was no fog. This is no joke. There was no fog the entire way, and then the last hill you come over, you roll into the fog. It was unbelievable. <laughs> did you guys get stopped for the fireman donations? This happened to me the last yes, couple of times. We did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. we. So, how do you feel about that, Wygamp? Yeah, it's $1. I mean, I can't. I feel if I put change in their boot, that's a real Bush League move. So, I, I try to. I was like, please have a single. Please have a single. Um, but our TV producer, Bondo, was very proud. He got to the track so early. He's like, I got there before the fireman. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, for people that. People don't yep. know you drive through the t- little town and they flag you down and there's, it's basically like they know the Unadilla's going on, so they hold a boot out and they stop you to donate to them. And one year I had no money on me and I'm like, I got nothing. Sorry, man. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. I just feel bad at the firemen in my own town. I've never donated anything, but this town, which I don't even know what the name of the town is, has made so much money. Like this is 20 years of giving them at least a dollar every year. I'm gonna stand. So much money. I'm gonna dress up and stand out on the street in front of my house and just have a boot and say, "Yeah, I'm doing a fireman." <laughs> just, take like, a, just take a motorcross boot. Yeah, you like don't a, have to be a fireman or anything. Right, like, True. like I mean, I feel like it's very, uh, you know, yeah, um, guerrilla style uh, fundraising. I don't know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, uh, lost talk. Oh, by the way, um, I think I was talking to Davey about this the other last week, and the crowd at Unadilla looked big, right? Looked like a lot of people there. Washugal was great. I've been getting so many uh, DMs and texts from riders who can't get into the races. The entries are capped, and they are filling up at every single race, and the crowds are there. Yeah, like, like you know, uh, um, the Nationals, man. Like, uh, obviously, you know, Davey's our boss, and he wants them to be, uh, you know, well attended and, and all of this World Supercross on the horizon, all this. But honestly, he's uh, he's right, man. Um, riders can't they can't sign him up fast enough, and the crowds are great. Like this summer has been really, really good for the Nationals as far as rider participation and the crowds. Yep, attendance is definitely up. I don't know about the first. From what I heard, I don't know about like Hangtown, Colorado. I'm not sure about that. Um, but since High Point. They've yeah. been way, way up yeah. um, every race. Some are saying biggest ever, which I just, I don't know if I buy that. I just feel I know, like. You hear biggest ever every year, you know. Yeah, well, not every year, but you've heard it before. And I, I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. I felt like when you went to High Point on Memorial Day weekend, it was unbelievable. Um, but maybe that's just my memory tricking me. No, it was. Um, it was. No, I, I think it's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, the, hol- the holiday changes the dynamic, I think. Right? Yeah. Uh, but any, anyway, yes, the crowds are up. Actually, you had Troll Train on your show, on Pulp Show, saying that the crowd was way up for Millville. And I hadn't thought of it as being that simple. He's like, I just think it's because Feld is promoting motocross. Yeah. And yeah. I never, it, I don't think for us that seems like anything because it's like, if you're a motocross fan, you already know these races exist. Like, what would Feld and Supercross promoting it do? But I guess it is. I guess there's like a slice, a 10 or 15% slice of people that maybe only know about Supercross and are on the Supercross email list and yeah. Supercross social and I don't know. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. I think it's, it's uh, noticeable. Yeah. I think it's SMX Insider. I really do. I oh. think it's SMX Insider. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I didn't know that show yeah. was still on. I heard it was canceled. Yeah, I thought it was done. Yeah. 
Um, Another episode we'll be recording tomorrow. Oh, okay. Tune in. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was fun. But the, no. uh, yeah, the crowds are definitely up. And then the riders, the riders can't get yeah. in. Like guys cannot enter. That's it. Everyone, you know, like they're they're it's full. So yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, I, ninety is it ninety for class? I think has always been the limit, or it's think, been the limit for a long time. I think it's and now it's like, dude, you're hearing like yeah, Monday of each race that they're yeah. filled. Um, as far as the riders getting in parking, I mean, I would imagine if you have more fans, maybe it's harder to get in, but I don't know. I think it's a separate issue. Whatever's going on at like 9.30 a.m. Friday when it's like time for every privateer in a sprinter van to get in, if you get stuck behind that line, and, or maybe that's maybe that's just a different scene if you have 30 more entries, it's 30 more vans. Maybe that's it. But yeah, whew, yeah. It, if you get to the track at the wrong time on Friday morning, you're going to well, be waiting a while. I just, I, I, the, to me, I've been doing this a long time. The Nationals took a hit in attendance. Uh, when they moved to Saturday, and when the live TV came in, uh, the crowds are. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't like we talked about with JT and I agreeing on the on the high point thing. I mean, they were just they were just insane back in the day. I feel like it's back to that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The crowd around the podiums, you know, is great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like this has been a real renaissance for the Nationals. Um, we got guys like McElrath and Nichols, and and coming out to race to get points. And yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, Anyways, yeah. Right, look, I know MX Sports is the sister company of who we're doing this podcast for, so I don't want to pound this drum and sound like a you know a shill. But I think yeah. the Nationals are they're back this summer. They really are. Yeah, I definitely noticed uh, Washougal and Spring Creek were just over the moon busy. Red Bud's always that way, so it's kind of you just kind of numb to it. Yeah, but man, Spring Creek like the pictures I saw like drone footage, mm-hmm. and then. Washougal just living it, trying to get in and out of that place was yeah. absolutely out of control. And I, I was in at Unadilla. Well, this weekend was like this weekend was big, right, JT? I can't, I don't see. I don't know. Inside. Oh, you, I you really couldn't see. It. I didn't have a good vantage point. Oh, yes, okay. so that's why made me start this pod this way because sitting on the couch, the, the drone shots and all of that, I'm like, this is a big crowd. Like I was, yeah. you know, I noticed it. Um, I'm like, this is a big Unadilla. So. In, yeah. in my eyes, anyways, uh, totally uh, non-scientific. I'm like, this is big. So, anyways, uh, all right, let's talk some nationals. Uh, Jet Lawrence clinches the title, wins again after he did not win after he, um, he swept Washugal. All my predictions of him going perfect were raised up a little bit. I really felt like that was going to be the one. And um, yeah, Unadilla was also a chance, and Chase caught him, and you know, got in there, got alongside of him. I guess. That's the that's the most somebody's gotten to him this this year was that Unadilla first moto, uh, but then Chase stalled it and then he crashed, uh, and that was all she wrote. Another perfect day, and he's the champion, Weech. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think the only reason and the only reason he's been the best rider by far. I mean, when you lead this many laps and when you don't get the start, you immediately get the lead, and most of the time you do get the start. All those things. The only reason I was doubting perfect season was because I just know how smart he's usually been as a racer, and I'm like. If he does go down in the first turn or something goes wrong, he is going to accept a third-place finish or a second-place finish and not wad it for the title. That was the only reason, to me, all the other evidence pointed to, well, of course he's going to win every moto, honestly. He's outriding everyone. But yeah. that was the only thing I thought. I'm like, he's smart enough to not, if he's down 10 seconds with five minutes to go, he might just chill. Although at high point, it was kind of like they were rocks and he still got them. Anyway, now that yeah. that's out of the way, this is going to be tough. This is going to be, I mean, I, I don't see it unless he screws up big time. And uh, yeah. now I see no reason not to try to go for the perfect season. You don't have to worry about the title. It's just one of the most unbelievable 
Uh, it's really one of the most unbelievable things. And like I've said several times, we were all there for the Stu and RC perfect seasons. There wasn't much drama in those either. Like, we know how this looks. It looks like this. It's possible to just never have a first-turn crash or a horrible start all year. We've seen it before. Starts are so good, JT. His opening, his opening corners, his starts, they're just, yeah. Yeah, he, he is so incredibly good out of the gate. Um, I, I was watching that really closely this weekend because he's been up front so often, and he doesn't seem to have many weaknesses right now, but the starts are making just life so difficult in everyone. But, man, his execution off the, you know, whatever you want to call it, grid, great, whatever the, the new starting gates are, you know, I, I credit Honda. You know, they really got him dialed in because Chase has been pretty good too. Uh, but it's it's a combination of his technique and Honda having, you know, the RPM and everything dialed in. But it, it's just perfection. Like, and it's repeatable every single time. It's like the exact same motion. And I don't know what anybody's going to do about that. It no. is the same. I watch it over and over and over and over, and it's exactly the same thing every single time. And then you add a you know factory Honda 450 engine to the mix, and yeah, he's just killing everybody. The first you know halfway down the starting line, and then it's over. He can keep accelerating when everybody else is battling someone's handlebars. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, I rode their bikes after Washougal, and um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, if you guys heard, you that. didn't do any starts though, did you? I didn't do any starts, but oh come on. But, what test is this? I know. Uh, they did tell me that they found something for outdoor starts. Now, it hasn't worked for Chase, but like JT said, he's been pretty damn good. Uh, it's really it's like worked top for five every time. You know, like, I yeah. just I wonder yeah. about Supercross 24. Oh. You know what I mean? Like they found something. They told us they worked on it. They found something to, to help the bikes off the line and get, you know, get everything right. And dude, I wonder if this could be a, a, a super because it's ain't great. Same great. So, uh, well, I guess not yeah. the same great. Close to the same great. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It but, is a little bit different. But great-wise, I wonder if this is a precursor for 24 where the bike and the riders are just perfect, you know? So, What did you yeah. think when you rode that bike about, like, pure torque and horsepower? Because when I watch him, like, I know it's getting off. He's getting off the great better than anybody. But, man, it just looks like he is putting so much power to the ground, too, no, when he comes across and hits the dirt. I think it's all electronics because I've ridden much harder-hitting factory 450s. This It was not right. it was not crazy. It was so not. So more, like, linear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I, when I rode Timmy's, Cowie and Timmy's Yamaha at his house. Yeah, they, those things hit so oh, hard. Dude, I did, they were yeah. not even fun. They were just, yeah, just pulling your yeah. arms out, right? And I think yeah, but could you have a start map where it is like that? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think it's a lot yeah. of this is electronics. There's not a, it's yeah. not stump pulling power on Jet Lawrence's bike. There's no, it's it's not. It's it's a, it amazed me. It was really awesome the bike because it was so good for like a fat vet guy like me. So, um, but anyways, yeah, his starts are just they're they're amazing. They're just incredible. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what we're gonna see. Uh, Sexton, um, I didn't see any press conference stuff. What did he? What did he? Or I didn't talk to him after the race or either. What did he say about his attempted pass? First motor wise. Yeah, I got into the press conference. I missed the first, I think, nine minutes. I haven't been able to go back. So great reporting here, everybody. But, yeah, uh, well, I, I have not heard. I, I would like to opine on it if I may. Yeah, go. Uh, so I was watching the race, obviously, and James and Ricky were talking about what they thought was going on and how they thought Chase lined up the pass and all that, and I didn't want to argue with them. Had it been an open forum and we have all the time in the world, I would have definitely opened a conversation because I saw it differently than they did. You know, they, they thought he kind of went in there and tried to get really aggressive and then 
wasn't able to execute it. I, I saw it a little bit differently than that. Yes, he, he was like pushing down the inside, but if you go back and watch it and, and Chase could absolutely have put, could put me in my place here and say, no, that's not what happened at all. But the way I saw it, that line where jet was, it kind of went itself to carrying down the kind of middle where he was and then carrying momentum and jumping into the, the berm that was there and going well at the last second, Jet braked really hard to try to cut back to the right. And Chase had already kind of committed up the inside. So Chase is thinking Jet is going to carry that momentum he's built and jump across the little roller there and then carry that momentum through the line to the outside. Well, when he cuts back to the right over that roller, Chase is surprised by that and breaks really, really hard at the last second to not absolutely tee Jet up. So I didn't think it was more of like Chase trying to force it and screwing up. I thought I thought he got caught by surprise by Jet breaking to cut back to the right there. Well, um, otherwise he just he, otherwise he just plows him. The line that Chase was taking cuts right pretty drastically, I believe. Like that was well, the original he was plan. on the very inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Like all the way to the right, which is it makes his line super tight. Well, Jet's to the left of him. Yeah. Well, when Jet cuts back to the right to go to the inside, like he was squaring across. That like was he was gonna basically cause they were gonna cause a T bone accidentally there. Yeah. So for Chase, he has to basically walk the brakes up to not hit Jet because I believe he thought Jet was gonna carry the momentum like through the corner and not cut back down hard to the right. So it's just a difference of opinion. I'd love to yeah. know exactly what happened, but I didn't want to argue with them on live television. But I, I definitely saw it a little bit differently than they did and how the scenario went. Well, it was interesting because he was on it and he was catching him. Weege, it could have been great. Yep. Yeah, actually, I just read back uh, press conference. Actually, Jet did pretty much say what you said. Jet actually said that he, he kind of he he was planning on going to like maybe the second line or the second rod or whatever you want to call it, more to the outside, and then he did switch. Uh, this is what Jet is saying. Actually, um, we both came back. I thought I was going to go in the second rut. I saw him out of the corner of my eye in the other rut. He's coming in hot, and that's the main line. I decided to switch it up. That line looked better, so I tried to switch it up, and I didn't know he was there. So, yeah, that was, I think, Chase okay. getting caught by surprise. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it totally looked like it to me. Like, if Chase doesn't care, he could have just plowed him. Like, yeah. They probably both crash, but I just yeah. thought it was like Chase thought he was going to do one thing and did another. He's like, oh, snap, I better hit the brakes with everything I have here, or there's going to be two factory Hondas laying on the ground. And then, uh, yeah, it was awesome to see that. It was it was cool to see Chase, you know, reel him in and, and make a attempt at a pass. And then he, he, hey, that crash was pretty good too. That's a good one, uh, you know. So yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. He was torn up too. I I was standing right next to him. I I uh, didn't interview him in that particular moto because he ended up getting third. But I did get to talk to him right before he went up to talk to Will, and he was he was for one, he was so pissed at himself, and then two, again, man, he, like his <laughs> yeah. His arm and like back from where the rear tire got him. Yeah, it was not pretty. Um, we Did anyone been tagged by their tire and bike and ripped up <laughs> body wise more than Sexton? Yeah, Marty? really, right? Yeah, Marty's gone down a lot, but I don't. Yeah, I, know. I feel like I'm Sexton kidding. has more no, torn kidding. sleeves, torn yeah. jerseys. Yeah, it's um, like somehow the way he crashes, he always ends up getting his rear tire or front tire or something. So both riders, yeah. Weege made a comment on the podium about the lappers. Um, we had, we know anybody. That got lapped a lot, that raced a lot. Do we? Do you, <laughs> we do. Do we, do we have anybody that could speak about this? I don't know. I mean, does Dunge have an opinion on this? Oh yes, actually. Oh. Let's, he's on line six right now. Welcome to the oh. show, Ryan Dungey. 
Um, <laughs> no, but but well, I, I'm I'm kidding, JT. Obviously, you had a great run of riding, but but you did get lapped a little bit. Yeah, and of course. and honestly, I didn't like either one of those guys saying that in my mind. Like, uh, I I feel like lappers uh, help you and hurt you. There's nobody that gets absolutely screwed every time by the lappers. There's lots of help and hurt. Both times, there's no way to measure it. These They're lapping into the point-scoring spots. These dudes yep. are trying to get points, and, and SMX stuff and all of this comes into play. They're racing their balls off. Uh, no one's doing it on purpose that I believe. And no, I didn't like not. I didn't like either guy saying that. They, uh, Jet was a little harsher than Chase, but, yeah, I mean. Oh, the, Chase was, I thought Chase, Chase was, was harsher than Jet. Chase was really unhappy off the microphone. Oh, I was okay. talking to him about his body being beat up. Yep. He was really, really pissed off. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been lapped, and I've worked for riders that have been lapped, and JT, you've been lapped uh, a lot. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, what are you going to do, man? I think it was the track. I really do. I, you know, there was, there was a lot of conversation throughout the day about the ruts, and once you – you know, they were talking – Ricky and Stu were talking about the ruts, and – it changed the way you race because once you got locked into a rut, you were stuck in the rut. Mm-hmm. But that also applies to lappers, right? Like once the lapper is in a line, if he doesn't know that the leader's coming, he's he's stuck there. So there's not a lot of like, hey, I'm just going to move all the way off the track out of the way because you can't. Like it's really difficult to switch lines and get out of the way. So I'm, I'm not excusing them entirely. I just think it was more drastic this weekend because of the way the track was. And, and once these guys chose a line, if they weren't super aware ahead of time, they were in the way on accident just because they couldn't do much about it. Well, and again, like they help and hurt you, you know, they plenty of lappers have helped uh, a gap or helped a, a rider stay up. It's just, well, I just think a lot of times, I think they wanted to get out of the way. They just couldn't, they yeah. couldn't get out of the way. Yeah. Right. Like they're in a rut and if they try to move, they're either going to crash or they're going to screw up and go into the other guy. So yeah. it's just, it was a dynamic of, you know, it was Unadilla. And like I said, Weech, they're lapping. Guys are 15th place. They're going for it. Well, that's that's the main thing. I mean, Harlan got lapped, and he was 15th. Um, I, I The the blue flag is never ex- expected to be that the guy is going to pull off the side of the track and stop. You know, it's just supposed to be a, a general hold-your-line thing. I also think, yeah, JT, not only is the lapper not aware until it's too late and he's locked in, but I believe the closing speed of the leader – and Sexton and everybody else is so fast that you probably get to a section and think, I'm not going to get to him in this rut. And then by the time you're still in, you're like, oh, man, I am going to get to him. And now I'm stuck, and he's stuck, and I didn't think I'd get there that fast. So that happens too. But, yeah, I mean, in the end, I understand if you're 33rd and it's really not a lot on the line, but once you're getting around 20th, I mean, to those guys, it isn't any less important. Uh, And they're not going – and they're often in battles, right? So what I'm saying is – they don't want to slow down and have get passed by two guys, and it happens all the time. Yeah. So that's the problem. And, yeah. and JT, I'm sure you live that. You and I, you know, let's be honest, JT. I'm sure you're getting left at Supercross more than outdoors. But yeah, yeah, it's more common for sure. Yeah. But when but, you're in a dogfight and you're getting lapped, it's got to be super hard to deal with that. Yeah, it's really frustrating too. I there were times when I would try to get out of the way, and then a guy that I was battling with would make a like a pass on me. Sure. And I'm just like, was you know, this, you know what? Never again. Yeah, I'm was, never moving over ever again. Did it rhyme with Did it rhyme with Schmiles Lewis? Uh, no, it rhymed with Schmiel and Schmark. Okay. Oh. Um, but like, I know. Uh, guys, a May called that a guy whose name rhymes with Schmest and Schmike for doing that. Yeah, I, it, man, that stuff drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like you're trying to get out, trying to do what they're asking you to do, and somebody like I've been like 
guys have made block passes on me when I'm trying to move over. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you. Like, you don't, that's so over the line. Like if everybody's going to try to do the right thing here, don't take advantage of it. Yeah, that's what, and that's what the privateers are up against. Like they've been battling for 25 minutes against these guys and then they're going to move over and lose the spot. That just makes them want to never move over again. Yep. Yep. I just, you know, I get it. Those guys are frustrated. Both of them. I understand it, but yeah, man, like, Oh well, like like uh, here's the world's smallest violin playing just for you. Like it happens, and it's part of the racing. Now, if you wanted to tell me that you get lapped twice and you get a black flag, I'm down with that. Yeah. Like I'm. It I'm does fine suck with that, for but... the leaders. Uh, I, just, I just think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I just think this weekend was particularly bad. Not only for what we're talking about the ruts, but also Weege, what you said with Unadilla. The track was so challenging that the closing speed was more dramatic, right? Like on a track that's really flat and fast and everybody's pretty close, the closing speed's not as drastic. But when they're, when it's that technical and that ruddy and that difficult, guys can be like 10 seconds a lap slower than somebody else. And they can come up on them so fast that they didn't even know they were there. And then it's a problem. Yep. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, four motos to go. Perfect season on the line. If Jet does it too, I don't want to hear about this like stew did two more motos. Ricky did two more motos. Like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. They just that's it. Babe Ruth. I hit. finally got him to. I finally got him to talk about it in the uh, post show. I don't know if you got to see that. <laughs> no, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. He, yeah, he, well, so he he brought it up to me at the bike test. Yeah, well, I like on on air. He's been really like, ah, no championship. I don't care. Whatever. Um. So I finally just asked him, like, great, hey, championship's over. Now what are we doing? He's like, no, I want to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going for it. Oh, I um, thought you meant – sorry. I thought you meant the less motos than 24. That's what I started by No, we talked about that too. Oh, yeah. We talked about that too. And he said, yeah, that's all well and good, but if I sweep all of the SMX playoffs, then I beat both of them. I'll have 25 Oh, that's 24. They, they tried to get me to talk about that. They said that to me too at the bike test. I said, no, no. That does not <laughs> – it's not count. Stop it. Well, I think, it, I think it's only fair – if Ricky and Stu are going to deny him the 22, if they're going to go that route, then they have to be willing to take the 25. <laughs> Listen, Babe Ruth uh, hit the number of home runs in the least amount of games than Roger Maris and, you know, all that stuff. Like, it, there's nothing Jet could do. And does anybody think, like, if we added two more motos, that that there, he's a shoe-in to lose those? Like, does, it, does, it, does he give you any indication that he wouldn't just keep winning these motos no matter how many we had? Like, say MX Sports just adds three rounds of outdoors. Is there any? Doesn't it feel a little different though? I, to me, it feels a little different. Like every time they race, I'm like, I don't know. When it, when Stu and Ricky were doing it, I was like, man, these, these two are so much better than everybody. Like I, I never really felt like it was in all that much danger. It also an and I know Jet's been a lot better than everybody, but I, I feel like Chase. Every time they line up, Chase could beat him. Oh, I don't. No, really? not really. No. Okay. All right. I hadn't thought of that actually. I, I agree with you, Steve. I feel like the perfect season twenty two is enough. It's a perfect season. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it at that. The, the twenty two to twenty four, it doesn't matter to me. If we had Palo two again this year, is anyone thinking that Jet's not gonna win those two motos? It's but you're right, actually. I'll I'll agree with you on that part, JT. I mean, was Sexton gonna pass him out while Shugel? We talked about it on our last show. Where was he gonna get him? But he was within a second and a half for the whole moto. That yeah. really wasn't ever happening. No, it just feels like a race to me. When those guys were doing it, it didn't feel like they were racing anybody. What an like, insult. What an insult everyone. to the rider who finished second in this point. Oh, here we to go. Both Fair enough. I, I went, say that knowing you're talking the, about. The, guy who, the rider who pushed Carmichael and Stu <laughs> to be perfect in those two seasons. And this is what you guys say. 
Unbelievable. Yes, I do. I do. I go in with both eyes wide open saying Unbelievable. That. Someone's going to get a text right after I hit stop on this. And they would be delusional if they thought that it was anything other than what happened. I was there, man. I watched them. Me too. Um, remember when James would be waving to the crowd and then Alessi would get within four seconds and then on the podium be like, I got closer that time. It's like, no, Mike. No, you didn't, man. James was doing whips. Uh, um, all right, Dylan Ferrandis. Uh, this is the best Dylan in a while. I talked to someone who would know, and he has been... Yeah, throwing the kitchen sink at his suspension and uh, absolutely trying some different companies out. You know, he's gone a Cooper Webb route, uh, and, and he's happy. So it's good, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was way better. Uh, I found out in the team press release, actually, his start in Moto2 was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, so that ended any chance to, like, see, you know, Moto1 was great. I do think the lappers, it was both, right? Like, he was riding better. But I think the lappers did help him get a little closer. Um, but bottom line, he was way better. Mm-hmm. Second motor, you're like, well, hopefully he can do that again. And he started last. He said whole shot device problem. That uh, was what the press release said. So I don't know if it released early or something. Mm-hmm. But there was no chance then in the second mode of him doing it again. But overall, way better. I don't know. I mean, I guess that adds a little drama here. I mean, yeah, yeah. we got four motos. Fernando seems to be much better than he was. Mm-hmm. And Sexton, you know, he did almost pass him at one point. <laughs> So there's a little drama for you. Yeah. No, Dylan rode really well. Good job. That was uh, yeah. that was that was great. And then even in the second moto, uh, this may surprise you, but the live timing was screwed up a little bit. And they had him within three seconds of chase at one point. And I'm like, oh, like he caught, he's catching oh. him. Yeah. And then, but then he wasn't. And then it, then it was seven. Then it was nine or 12 or whatever it was. 12, I think it was. Yeah. So. I thought it was 21, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think at one point they had Sexton down 21 and Dylan right behind him. But I will say, we have a different company doing it this year. It's been much better. Oh, it's been better. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The whole broadcast yeah. has been better. I, I tweeted about the, the drone, um, and I think the guy DM'd me. I don't know if that was the actual guy or not. but uh, That is. That's oh, him. Yeah, Chris okay. Bud. Yeah. So yep. drone's been great. Like last year, drone made you want to throw up. Uh, it was so out there. But this year, drone's been really good. Really good addition. So. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you, if you're seeing anything better, drone, graphics, uh, results, timing, scoring, all that stuff, it's an old, this is a, a crazy philosophy. Feld is spending more money on the TV package than our previous group did. That's mm. it. It's, mm. it's awesome. There's just a larger budget, yeah. and when you have a larger budget, things go better. Mm. And kudos to Feld for yeah. digging deep and, and, okay, if this is what we need to do, then we're going to pony up. And there was pizza, I understand, too, from Sean Brennan in the press cut. Anybody see this? I don't know. Oh. You weren't there. You'll never know. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, I'll never know. Never saw Adam Cincerlo all day, but he got fourth overall. Beginning of Moto One, he was there. Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. He was that's true. He, yeah, first three, yeah, four laps. He was second. He was second. You're right. Yep. And uh, we're battling for a while. I did see that. Yep. Um, but four six on the day. Yeah. Hey, Adam's just Mr. I show up, I log consistent motos, and yeah. I go home. And that is Adam Cienstrolo, everybody. <laughs> remember, remember the fast qualifying days and cartwheeling across oh. stadiums? Nope. Those are, those are, now he's Michael Rocco. He's just, he's just a rock. Yeah, yeah, he's just a rock. He's just, um, yeah. You know, we can laugh about that, though, but let's be honest. There's probably been out two and a half to three years of everyone begging him to do this. 
So that's exactly what he's doing. Like, dude, just log the blast. He's yeah. doing it. Yeah. He's doing exactly that. He, it's an interesting – he's had a career fork here of what he's going to do and what he's going to be, I think. and Because you don't – when you're not a top dog for a while, it's hard to get it back. Sometimes you just – Settle into what you are, you know, uh, once you lose that edge. And obviously he's had physical problems too. Um, but, yeah, he's – this may be what Adam is. Mm, I think this is all related to the arm thing, to be honest. Yeah, but but if he gets better at the arm, he's going to have a year or so of not being the guy, you know? I know, but I think – okay, you know why you see in like – again, you, the first three laps of the first moto of the day, you're like, oh, he's right there. Yeah, and I think that's the only time you see what he could actually do. So if he could just actually do that the whole day, right? You'd be like, "There you go." Like, right? Well, I hope whatever so. you get for yeah. the first three laps of the day, he could do the entire moto. Everything would be different. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, AP, we got a press release this week. He's staying with KTM, of course. We kind of all knew that. Uh, five five on the day, and uh, he probably laughed a lot in the in the, in the post race media scrum. No, I did hear that he was. Uh, uh, giving hell to some lapper as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, oh, like, okay. like right Very after unhappy. the like after the race or on the track during the race during, or, during the race during the race. Okay, that's what I saw. It. <laughs> you mean during or like right when they pulled off? You mean? Oh, I saw. I saw him giving somebody the business in the middle of the race. In the race. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he qualified 18th because I was looking at him for fantasy purposes, and I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Yeah, he was very unhappy. I, I interviewed him. Uh, when was it? Before the. Before the second qualifying session, yeah, during uh, race day live, and yeah, he was he was like, yeah, that's not gonna get it. He was seventeenth going into the second session. He's yeah. like, yeah, that's that's not gonna work. Right. Uh, Harry Coolish shows up. JT, you probably raced him a little bit I over did. the years. Uh, yep. He used to be Finnish, so I don't know if he defected to Estonia. I don't know what happened. No, there. he's Estonian. He's always been Estonian. No, he was Finnish. He's not. Yes, he is. He he's was Finnish. He's Finnish. He, he changed his. He did. What? <laughs> I don't know what that happened. Something with those countries. They can do this. I talked to Yanni about it a couple years back. Our buddy Yanni. He like turned his back on Finland. Anybody know why? I wow. Oh, he's Finnish born, but he's Estonian heritage holding. He was born in Finland, but he lives. His nationality is well, Estonian. And he's Finnish. He raced for Finland. Wow. Not according to his passport. Anyways, get to the bottom of that, figure out what's going on with that. But Harry Coolis, he's raced uh, MXGPs forever. Uh, also, midway through the moto when he was running fifth, A-Ray sent me, text me a photo of A-Ray beating him in a Supercross. Uh, A-Ray's on the podium on the top step, and Harry was second. So A-Ray he, still... he won a uh, MX2 GP. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Wommel. Yeah. yeah. Um, showed up in America, 7-7. Uh, seven, seven. Good job, Harry Coolis. Yeah. You just knew he was going to be good. It's a European track. We've seen Europeans come over and ride Unadilla really well. And you know, we got 30 minutes in him all day long. And all shots help, too. Yeah. Great starts. Yeah. Uh, March Banks was really good in the second moto. He went down early and was 26th or something and got all the way up to 10th. Really good in the second moto. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that for March Banks. Uh, I got to be honest, I did not. Okay. Um, what did he say? Oh, it, JT, was it your interview where he just said, I got to fix my first moto starts? Yeah, then he killed it. He did. Yep. He just yeah. flipped to the second moto sucky start, though. <laughs> no, he yeah, was up he there. Did. No, no, second moto was good. He was top 10 and then went down and then got all the way up, back up to 10th. 
So, okay. yeah, he was a good second moto start as well. Uh, Jason Anderson, uh, man, there was about like uh, 15 dudes in the first two turns that uh, were laying on the ground, and Anderson was one of them. He started it. He, uh, he started his crash, but not the. there was a first turn yeah. one too. Um, and then uh, he rode really well to work all the way up to 14th. He was way back, 14-4 on the day for Anderson. Um, well, he got the ninth at one point. That's right, he, he did. It's insane. That's yeah. right. Yes, he got up to ninth. He, I was thinking. I was thinking he rode better than fourteenth. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was on yeah. it. He was getting dudes two and three at a time, ripping through the pack. Um, His flagging effort in qualifying was great. Yeah, flagger as well. Um, <laughs> Nick, following the lead of Nick Way and a few other guys. I mean, look, I, I, I've got, I got, I've got that thing DM to me, you know, twenty times, and I would love to, uh, to bag on the flagging. It needs to be better. It can be better. But who the hell wants to flag? Like before, I lean into the flagging being terrible, which many times it is. Who wants to flag? Like we're lucky we have I any flaggers. I, I made a career out of it, Stephen. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, it's always going to be the same. I mean, unfortunately, our sport doesn't have you know billions of dollars to throw at this. A so traveling flagger. Consistency. Yeah. 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 So it's it's always going to be a little rough around the edges. Um, I don't know that there's going to be a fix for that anytime soon or ever. No. And I'm just hesitant to rip into them too much because, yeah, yeah, they're trying, right? Yeah, they're not making any money probably. Like, it's, it's tough. It's hot. You're standing out there. You well, it wasn't water. then. No, but I'm Anderson, just it was. But, yes, yeah. to your point, it's all day. It's, yeah. a, it's a thankless job in pretty much every way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, I, I didn't really see what happened. Obviously, Jason, they weren't standing at the top of the jump for him to get his bike. His, yeah. He crashed, right. right? And his bike was right in the landing zone. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm sure the flagger wasn't on the top of the jump. He, she was, he or she was just on the backside. Well, you you basically got to get down there and like let people know to slow down. Or standing at the top of the jump as a rider, and and that's what a lot of the flaggers don't know or understand is, but like if you're standing at the top of the jump, by the time you see the, it's a, you've already committed. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You got to be way down there to stop them, like way early and slow mm-hmm. them down. You can't be at the top of the jump because you don't lift your head up till the last second. Uh, Master Pool 9-8, Freddie Norin, 13-9. I wonder what Freddie thinks of Harry leaving Finland. So the oh. Swede. You know, the Swedes and the Finns are ask about, yeah, of, ask about that. Right, Nordic countries. Um, Freddie was, uh, Freddie does not wear a chest protector, just cannot wear one. Cannot rob with handguards. It's a long day for Freddie back there. <laughs> it's just, what's wrong God. with him? Yeah. The amount of times that Freddie said, feel, he said he forced himself. He did it in Supercross. He just couldn't do it any longer. Um, and then I was like, dude, well, you really needed one when you were in that pile up with Anderson and Masterpool. And then it, was, then it looked like a football play eventually, like when bodies are piling in yeah. and smashing into each other. I'm like, yeah. Freddie yeah. not, not wearing a chest protector is like the same thing like an astronaut putting on not putting on his helmet. Like the astronaut knows he's going to go into space. Freddie knows he's going to crash. Like Freddie, well, Freddie the, knows the, he's gonna get roosted. Yeah, well, he's not whole shot. yeah, but even the crashing part of it too. Like Freddie, you oh. crash. Like we we've seen this, <laughs> and you don't wear a chest protector. Like, you know. I'm just saying, this is the guy whose teenager said you need to not start in 50th place. Yeah, or I'll kill you. I, I'd be putting yeah. a chest protector on right. at Unadilla, especially. My God. Uh, Harlan 11th. Hard dog rode really well. Second moto, you went from 28th to 11th in the second moto. Typical hard dog uh, ride right there. And uh, his shop burned down. You guys see that? Bummer for for yeah, God and his dad and everything. Yeah, that's terrible. I uh, felt like yeah. it was like a like a precursor to the Hawaii thing. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if his <laughs> shop was in Hawaii. 
and then that's yeah, what started yeah. well, the fires. I knew it wasn't, but then right. I was like, oh man, and then Hawaii Brown was like, oh, this is way too like cosmic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I talked to him a little bit. He lost uh, the biggest loss actually. He had a a bike that he would race if he was doing some local races. He lost that. But actually, the biggest thing is I think he had three sets of suspension. That was actually, he said, the biggest loss. Um, I think it was actually CDR stuff or WSX, so I'm not oh. sure how that's going to all work oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's hoping that maybe they have some insurance or something. Um, but he was lucky. This is so privateer. He's like, yeah, man, I just left for a concert with my van, and then, I, and then all of a sudden I get a call. Or I can't remember if he came back and found out or he got a call. And I'm like, oh, so to get the van too? He's like, no, I left. And like, and like, I'm like, what about your practice bike? He's like, no, I had that with me. And I'm like, only privateers are like, I'm going to go to a concert <laughs> in my moto van with my. <laughs> so classic. Yeah, that is. Uh, JT, I mean, JT's bike never got unloaded. I guarantee you. I, I gar- He had 800 filters. And a CRF 450 in the back of his van at all times. It came out to get worked on or ridden in the back. Yes. Always. 100%. So, JT, you're meeting somebody for dinner. You got a dirt bike with you. Oh. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you're going to catch an open practice on the way home. Yep. Maybe Loretta's. Maybe at Loretta's. Yeah. Loretta's. Yeah. Which is. State City's night practice. Never know. I Always spoke to someone about this, and they, they swear that that couldn't have happened. I spoke to someone who's been involved. Not the gentleman who let you ride. But I spoke to someone who's been involved with Loretta's for a long time, and they're like, "There's oh, no, oh, I, I mean, I'll, I, what, there's no way that happened." I, I okay. 100% promise you, they did. Are you sure you didn't mistake the the, the track for somewhere else? Like, you sure? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I told I told you who arranged this. <laughs> it just seems. I mean, you have the best source possible to go to for who arranged this. I don't know what more I could give you. I mean, we might have to go directly to him. I feel like he wouldn't remember. Please do. Copy me in it. Like, okay. let's do a group text with him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, JT's story of stopping and practicing at Loretta's just on a Wednesday. Just, yeah, on Monday. No, it was uh, Monday. Right, Monday. Monday. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was there for the whole week, by the way, but yes. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, that is Harlan. That is Privateer Life. Yep. And he probably had a bunch of filters in there, too. So. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Han, 12th. Good job for Jeremy Han. I didn't even look at him for fantasy, JT. I probably should have. I didn't even think about it. Um, I, I did, but he hasn't been very good. No, I lately. know. Yeah. So I just stayed away. It hasn't been worth picking for me. Our guy, Philip, uh, eighth in the first moto, hometown race, stood on the box at this very race not that long ago. I asked him if he was okay after the second moto. He said he tangled with Garrett and a few others. Then my vent hose popped out, and I was just pissing fuel all over me. <laughs> so he pulled off. That's Phil. That's Phil. That is very Phil. Yeah. His vent hose popped off. That's not very much fun for those who don't race or no. haven't had it that ever happened. Uh, it's all over your areas that you would not want fuel on. Oh, my God. It hurts and so it bad. Burns. It burns. Yes. It, how about it burns, and then when as soon as you like stop pouring water on it, the burning starts again. Yeah, the air. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's oh, horrific. Absolutely terrible. Okay. Um, Bryce Shelley. Good job. Dan Truman was all yeah, over Bryce Shelley. Yeah. Tenth in the first moto. And he was up there in the second moto. I don't know if he got tired or crashed, but he he was looking like a 10-12 day. Yep. Yeah, and he went 10 With that number 34 jersey on. Who is he an amateur? What's his deal? Well, I think that was just like his amateur jersey. He's yeah. just, yeah, just railing around. Runs. Yep, with number 34 on. Oddly, his Loretta's results were about the same. They were. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, that doesn't make. So he's like 10, 10 guy, tenth place guy at Loretta's. 
And then yeah, he, shows... is, he was, dude. He went from first to eighth, I believe, in a moto at Loretta's. Hmm. Wow. And then basically almost got eighth again. Buckled under the Loretta's pressure. Qualified thirty yeah, second. Qualified thirty second. You know. Um. So yeah, this doesn't like you saw this coming, but. Uh, Jay Wilson, he's riding for Star Yamaha. Um, he's been racing in Japan this year. He was uh, dead. He was caught up in the first turn crash. He was dead, 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 dead last. And uh, behind Barsha. Well, he's ahead of Barsha. Um, and then he uh, went twelfth uh, in the second moto. So that was that was pretty decent. And I put on Twitter that I didn't attach him or anything. I put on Twitter that Jay w- Jay Wilson's racing, and he's going to be really good for Pulp Fantasy. And uh, he's had a good year in Japan. And then he he actually replied to it on Twitter and said, please don't be too harsh on me Pulp, at Pulp Mix Fantasy. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what the game does to these guys. Yeah. I talked to him quite a bit. He's a really cool guy. And he said, and I'm like, any chance that you were brought here to end the Jet Perfect season? And he, he laughed. And he's like, it's been bad enough with you guys posting that I'm riding Tomac's bike. Like, we got to just put the brakes on right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the t- <laughs> like the, he's filling in for Tomac. Like it is not the brand that he's looking for. I think it's um, to me. Yeah. To, to me, it's easy to see that. I think like with Beaton at Washougal and now Jay Wilson, like these are MXDN third rider spots for Australian tryouts. Oh, yeah. there's talk of that, but him yeah. for sure because yeah. he. I mean, he literally does Yamaha R and D. So I'm not sure. Here's what I'm hearing: like I'm not sure where Mitch Evans is with Kawasaki at this point. I guess they don't want to um, help. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, so with Beaton, essentially, as a Yamaha employee, or sorry, with Wilson being Yamaha employee, like, getting a bike, no problem. Yeah. So that's a big step. Right, so, uh, and 12th is pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Qualified yeah. 11th, you know? Yep. I was like, he's been testing all the 250s for Star. He's been here for, since Millville oh. testing. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Uh, but he had not ridden the 450 at all. Oh. <laughs> Oddly. That seems odd. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah he's like, I have not ridden the bike until today. Yeah. Yeah, until next setup. Everything. Yep. And his numbers, he wasn't even prepared with numbers. There was really 906. He's like, well, I remember six. So I'll just go with 906. I don't know. It doesn't. And they didn't even have jerseys ready and everything, et cetera, et cetera. This is really the, the racing thing on a 450 was thrown together. He really was just helping the team test, and then they went for it. Yeah. Star racing, man. Just, just how many guys do, can they fit in the farm down there? Just how many? Do, yeah. do they look around and they're like, you know what? We have two spare practice bikes. Call two riders. Anybody. Yeah. Well, the fact that even Styles Robertson came back is like a, it, to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're ready? We'll take a ninth guy. Yeah, no problem. Exactly, right? Pretty soon there's just going to be Hunter and then five Yamahas on each side of him. <laughs> well, maybe that is why they brought Styles back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Chiz. 16th, Chiz. Just chizzing around, 1815. Derek Drake uh, had more bike problems. This poor bastard he, he his foot peg bracket fell off or broke or something he is uh inventing ways to dnf he he's got to be like one of those electroshock mice in those cages where he's just like anything happens to his bike, he's like oh god oh shit here it goes like <laughs> just any noise any a rock hits his frame he's just like ah like this dude has had so many problems with his bike but he qualified fifth Right? Qualified fifth fastest, 12th in Moto 1, uh, and then this. So That's why I was I was in the uh, in the production truck during time qualifying the first session, and Drake was running third or something. And our producer, uh, Chris Bond, is like, man, look at Drake. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's not going to work. 
that's not going to last. Don't worry. Something's going to happen to him. Yeah. And sure enough. Um, Barsha? Anybody talk to him? A little rough comeback for him? Yeah, I did talk to him and Sorby quite a bit. Um, uh, and Diesel Don. I have not seen Barsha's dad in a race ages. He was driving the motorhome for the weekend. So I mean, Barsha had not done better. Uh, so much better. So much better. So Barsha had not done any 30-minute motors at all. He had done like two days on a bike and then went to the Italy thing and then a couple days there just riding. And then I think it was some testing. So he knew he didn't have 30 minutes in him. Uh, Sorby told me that he's lost seven pounds because he hasn't been able to do any weight training or anything at all. Um, the shoulder's still not ready for that. Uh, he's in good cardio shape, but they knew it was going to be a struggle. But the whole goal was to just do a 30-minute moto, and then, of course, he didn't even get to do that. Um, I just – can we just have some laughs about Barsha being told, you're going to have to ride without the clutch. Yeah, what, why? You have to do it. Yeah, what, 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 why? What, 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 and then he ate shit. Yeah, clutch lever. Yeah, but – no, but just call it a day, man. You're in the pits. You got no clutch. Well, yeah, but the to, goal is do a 30-minute moto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wanted to get – With no clutch. It. Yeah, whatever. You're already there. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. Great. Well, I think some guys could do it, but he's probably voted one of the least likely. Yeah, I think that I could do it. Yeah, it doesn't seem possible for most riders, and just definitely Justin Barsha. Yes. Actually, as good as these guys are, and I know it's a drill that everybody does these days to try to stay off it. But God, JT, I would think on those track at that track with those ruts, that's probably one of the worst places to try to do it. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. Um, yeah, it's not the easiest thing in the world. You really have to like completely change your whole riding it, approach. You you have to kind of let the bike roll and do all these things you would never normally do. Did Frank yeah, ever, but if you have oh. one hitch or mistake and it's four hundred foot long ruts, you're gonna need it anyway. No, you have to like lay up. Like you can't be aggressive at all because oh, you okay. can't over you can't overrun a rut or do anything because you can't slow down, right? You yep. have to like you can't slow almost down. be over careful so you stay in the like bottom part of every rut did, did frank ever uh take your seat off or disconnect your rear brake or anything uh no not really i mean i worked on that stuff i i did it on my own a few times okay um but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a drill that we did growing up no we had jay wilson show up we got uh stefan rubani french guy and tano Lorbini and tano leoc tano oh. leoc came over to yep. race what the heck? I, I, I don't know where this came from. I don't know I either. I almost got to him. I saw him in the line before qualifying first. I tried to get over there. I ran into Ransland. I talked to him for a minute, and then they were gone. And I was like, that was it. That was my chance to actually talk to Tanelia. He's a good dude. I don't dude. know what yeah. made this happen. I don't know. I would love to hear the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, he was there with the uh, – maybe – was he there with the Finnish defector? Well, Kulis and Leo came together, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, okay, so they came together. Yeah. All right. And, uh, I mean, how old is Tanel? 38? 34, I think. Oh, okay. I thought he was old. Maybe 38. Dude, he's old. He's old. Yeah. He's old. He's been, he, he's worn fly racing pro in time, so I've always kept up with him. So but. hold on. Did you know he was coming then? I knew like Friday. Oh, no, no. I no, didn't. I knew before that. I knew before that. I was told uh, gear wise a while ago. That's what I but, mean. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I didn't really like. He's 38. I hear lots of things at work that I kind of just, whatever. Yeah, great. He's 38. Uh, yeah, 38. Okay. Man, his family, though, for those that don't know anything about this guy, maybe it's your first time you've ever heard his name. His family in Estonia is like, I don't even know what the right reference is. Uh, like the Everts in Belgium, that's about as close as I can give you. And I know it's, they don't have, you know, like Tanel, Tanel doesn't have world championships, but Igar, his brother, and the dad, also Igar, they 
are incredibly famous for motocross and enduro in Estonia. Like, yeah, incredibly. Like, there are statues of these people in Estonia. It's wild how his, wow. Like they they are the whole sport basically. His first uh, GP <laughs> was two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. His yeah. first GP. Like, um, if you go ask the average person at a grocery store if they know who the Leak family is, they would know. That's how like, how famous they are. He uh, he's a good dude. He's ridden motocross the nations nineteen times or something. Um, and then he raced Unadilla, like just so random. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and we had Anton Gole was back. We got Butron. We got the Pope. It's multinationals. Nationals. It's great. Jacob Teresak from yeah, he was Chechnya. Fill in for Lorenzo. Yep. Oh, he's Wildcat. That's the Lor- that's yep. Wildcat. The Wildcat. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. There was also another gentleman that filled. I can't remember his name though. For Wildcat. Yeah, he didn't make the the program. Okay. Uh, had three bikes. Yeah, Luke Reslin was Luke on a two stroke or a four stroke? Had to be a four stroke. I didn't right? hear a two stroke, so I think four stroke. Yeah. No, he was on a four stroke. Okay, yeah, because he, he yeah, did yeah. he did the two stroke thing last year, or whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, good dude. Yeah. Luke's a good dude. Um, oh yeah. Jace Kessler switched to Yamaha. Um, he was having problems with his Honda. Rod Bell got good starts. And then that was about it. We had a guy from Netherlands there, Rob Wint. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable, the Euro, the Euro contingent. It is. All right. Uh, Probably like 10 guys. Yep. Oh, and Marcelisi, he had the Hitman butt patch. Yeah. Yeah, Hitman butt patch. Didn't have, didn't have a great day, but um, did, have the, did have the Hitman butt patch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, that's 450-wise. Anything else? Nope. Thank nope. you. Congratulations, to- Jet Lawrence. Yep. And um, we're going to see a lot of this for a long time. You think he goes uh, 17 for 17, Supercross? I mean, on his current pace, it's infinity. Good point. Yep. At his current pace, yes. He will never lose ever at his current yeah, pace. He's on pace to never lose. Yep, for the rest of his life. Uh, thank you to the folks at Renthal and Maxis. I talked about them in the beginning. And also Cobalinks, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Lowering suspension link on everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Thank you, Cobalinks. Use the code PulpMX for free shipping. It's designed. It's ba- it's built. It's uh, tested up there in Boise, Idaho. Cobalinks.com. Uh, Again, po- code PulpMX for free shipping and a discount as well. And Motorsport. Motorsport.com. Carson Brown. A big motorsport guy, and we were just in Washougal, their hometown race. OEM and aftermarket parts. If you got a secret street bike like JT, or you got like all these uh, 65s around like Weege, um, then you can uh, use motorsport for OEM parts and uh, aftermarket parts as well, like Fly and Renthal and Maxis. Uh, free shipping, everything over $79. Motorsport.com. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com to help us out. So click on that, takes you to motorsport, make your order, and I can afford to pay Weege and JT's uh, crazy salaries that I do. Uh, so thank you to that. And Weege as well, Onyx Maps. Wait, you pay me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Elisa oh. just has it go right to her, though, so I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. it's checking the mail or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, you don't even see held it. Held up in customs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah Onyx Maps has uh, over half a million miles of trails mapped out. <clears throat> you can take it for a trial. And if you do want to do it, we'll give you 20% off. Type in RacerX, all word, all one word, all lowercase, and you get 20% off. It's really cool. Go to onxmaps.com, and then they'll give a comparison to it compared to using Google Maps or something like that. The amount of trails you see, the detail. I mean, Google Maps is not designed for finding off-road trails for mountain bikes or hiking or dirt biking. It's just not. So this is much better, and you can download the maps. So when you're in the middle of nowhere, you'll still know where you're going, which is a massive advantage. So go to onxmaps.com or onxoffroad in the App Store. 
All right. And, uh, of course, talk about Anderson and Sean Cirillo, the Kawasaki SR450. Well, actually, talk about Chris Kiefer. I actually talked to Kiefer this week about that bike um, to learn more about it. At Loretta's, or you mean, or you actually? No, I actually called him. Oh. Um, yeah, just for the show and stuff, just to know more about it. And um, this is the words of Kiefer. He said, so everybody's got a different edition, as we call it these days. Honda's got the works edition. There's the factory edition, the Rockstar edition. You can get a Yamaha with Monster Energy graphics. I guess that's an addition. And, he says and, this bike. Uh, and 50th year anniversary next year, too, Yamaha. Yeah, exactly. But that is just graphics. So, as Kiefer said, they're all different levels of what they're adding to the bike. But he feels by far the Cowie is the most changed compared to the regular bike, especially the power. These are like significant engine changes with porting and then exhaust and ECU. And uh, it's noticeably better coming out of corners, and then it still revs. Anyway, even though it has much more bottom end. And the suspension is better. I know we've been back and forth on is this A-kit or not. Depends on what the definition of A-kit is. Um, the design is A-kit. It has the coatings. It's not. I think the settings are different if you were to buy A-kit. But whatever. It's better than a stock bike. He says it's the most significant change compared to any of these other upgraded bikes. And as we've been saying, if you add up the parts on it, it adds up to the cost increase, and it's a whole lot less work. So go check it out. When I uh, spoke to the Showa guys, you know, when we were comparing notes on the Honda HRC bikes, mm, mm, I mm. asked them because there was a bike there sitting there for Jason Anderson to ride, an SR, at Washougal. And I said, okay. is this A-Kit or not? And he yeah. goes, yeah, it, it is. He goes, it's not the most modern A-Kit that we're selling right now, but it is A-Kit. Yeah, I've heard the general design. Yeah. It's 49 millimeter. Right. The coating, that's all the same stuff as A-Kit. Yeah, it's not the same as if, I guess, you bought A-Kit. Maybe the settings have been updated or things like that, but it's it is improved over the Just, stock Kawasaki suspension. Everyone, leave us alone. It's a kid. Leave us alone. <laughs> uh, all right, um, two fifty class. Well, that was um, that sucks. Hayden Deegan, who was sending it and on it, and bike blew up at the Moto end of Moto One. And I guess, look, if you're a Hunter Lawrence fan or you're a Honda fan, you're like, well, you know, Hunter's bike blew up too, so now they're equal. Uh, and I get that. But, uh, yeah, bummer for the series, Weege, that, uh, you know, Hayden's now fourth in the points and, and the DNF with four motors to go probably takes him out of this thing. Yeah, combined with the bad second moto because of the gate pick, he's so far back now. But um, I heard people told me, JT, you probably heard his trackside, the engine was sounded bad for a while. Did you hear that? Uh, yes, I was told that by Davey Coombs. Uh, he oh, just said, man, well, it, it sounded me. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it said it, it sounded like there was a problem long before it gave up. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I mean, that's one, one person listening, but yes. It's shocking because, I mean, he's done this several times this year. He's new to these tracks. The beginning of the moto, it looks shaky. He tries to fight through it. It gets worse. He starts going back. And then it's like you literally see him figure out how to ride the track yeah. during the race. And then he's back. He's like a zombie. Not quite zombie blows level, but you're like, oh, my God. You you expect he's like, oh, he's going to go from 5th to 7th to ninth, yep. and he's going to finish 11th. Yep. But instead, I mean, I feel like Hunter, he's proven this year he's got everything under control all the time. But, dude, he was getting like, oh, my God, is he going to pull this off? Is he going to get so much better by the end of this moto that he actually can get Hunter back? I don't know if that was going to happen, but he was within range at least. Yeah, J it's unbelievable. JT, that's a great point Weege made. He he figured out the track. He really did. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And, and I we were talking about that during the race. Is like I I don't think he knows how to race this track yet. You know, like the guys were passing him. He was kind of looked like he was on the back foot, and then all of a sudden you could see him in real time figuring things out. 
and then he was there. It's uh, it's remarkable. And and I heard kind of through the break how much studying he had done and all that stuff, which is awesome. Like the the effort to be prepared is, is great. It's still it's a big ask to never have ridden a racetrack before in race conditions and just be able to go the pace that Hunter and those guys are going right away. Um, but he was he was learning, he was figuring it out. Yeah, bummer, bummer for the team. Um, Duff's vlog and everything. Um, bummer for Duff's vlog. Yeah, yeah. bummer for Duff's vlog. <laughs> all of that. Um, yeah, because it was it was impressive for sure. Yeah, second moto uh, on both starts, he 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 was nowhere to be found. Being out there uh, outside that far outside. Although, I tell tell you guys my Sean Kalo story. I uh, know. Okay, my I've heard it. JT's heard all of my stories. Um, first year working for uh, Sean Kalos, 1996. It was the year that Unadilla has that. Unadilla used to have a dip in the start straight. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Kalos qualified like 14th or something like that. And then we're going to the line. And all the factory guys, Jeremy and Fro and all that, they all start around the box. And then Kalos is like, if you, if you can't get one of these gates, we're going all the way to the outside. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And we went all the way to the outside. Last gate on the left-hand side. Like, literally, there was just a, a broken-down wooden fence next to him on his left. Because Sean's like, yeah, the dip isn't as pronounced out here. And, oh. and you know, you can you can sweep this thing. And, God damn it, he swept it. He came out, like, top ten. Great. I was thinking he was drunk. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Sean Kalos. Well, everything. the dip is gone now, Steve. So yeah, it the dip, help. dip is gone. So um, just another thing they should have never changed in, in motocross along with uh, starting grades. Um, so, yeah, anyways, uh, he was screwed with that start, and that was all she wrote. So bummer deal for Hayden Deegan and everybody else. Um, so if you're Mitch Payton and you're hiring Kitch for next year, and I've been hearing that Kitch is catching on, by the way. Um, oh. Uh, are you – I guess if you're, if you're Mitch and Kitch, you're like, look, we, if we get starts, we can do this. Because Levi seems like when he – Colorado, he went backwards one spot or two spots when he was leading, I think. But uh, basically when Kitch starts up front, he can run up the pace. He just has the problem of getting into it. So if you're Mitch Payton, you're like, cool, like we got to – starts are this guy's strength. Like he can he can run any pace you want because he won another moto. So, yeah. That's true. He's got the talent. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line. He has it. Um this is the 250 class. We've seen it before. You just never know what direction this is going to go. He certainly could do it. Um, but, I mean, I guess it's, it's good to be in the game. There's no doubt that this dude can win races. It would not surprise anybody. Nope. No, you, you, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It's so start dependent. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it really is. But then, like, he told – I said the same thing to him on my show a couple weeks ago, and he goes, well, outside of Hayden and Hunter, who isn't start dependent? And I'm like, okay, all right, Kitch. Good, good, good point. Good point. Like the fa- the ability to rip through the pack, you know, is rare. It's not like it's super obvious for everybody. So, yeah, you know, I will say, and we used to get on Justin Cooper for this, but I feel like Cooper's done a little bit better job this year of leveling out and making up for when he doesn't get to start. But I will give Kitchen credit for this. Speaking of Mitch, um, his guys have gotten plenty of starts, and they're not delivering the result. That the, where, where Kitchen is. So that's maybe one way to look at it. Uh, Justin Cooper tried some sort of power steering dampener thing for Moto 1 that they'd been working on in Japan um, and then uh, took it off for the second Moto. It worked a little better, JT. He did. 
Okay. Uh, yep, yep. And I, I spoke to him. I don't know if you saw the interview on uh, after the race, uh, but he just said, "Yeah, sometimes you got to take some risks to see if you can be better." Yeah. And that didn't work, so we went back to what we knew. Crazy that. I mean, were you hearing Weege or JT? Were you guys hearing that this was the reason for the backwards? Like this was the reason, the sole reason. Like, oh, I think it was pretty obvious when he didn't show up to the line for the second moto. With, with so, it. so my my thing would be like, what what happened during the week when you tested this? You know what I mean? Because uh, different conditions, I think it's hard. It's really hard to replicate a track like Unadilla. Like those ruts and the way that track was is really hard to. I, I don't know that I've ever practiced on a track that looked like that. Because I tweeted like I his his fall back. I'm like bike problems? Question mark. Like that's how radical it was to me to see Justin Cooper lose spots like that. Right. Um, yeah. And so yeah. Bad choice there. I was pretty sure it was that. Stu was obviously calling it mid-race, but I, there was, it was the only thing I could point to as to why he would be that off. Yeah, five one on the day, on his uh, you know he's track he's won on before. Uh, Kitch gets second overall, and uh, Hunter Lawrence wins. Uh, we we haven't mentioned him yet. Hunter Lawrence, uh, yeah. another great. Um, you know, didn't get the starts, got good starts, but not great starts, and just did his thing to work up. It is exactly what he's done all year. Mm -hmm. The starts haven't been great. They've been good enough. Uh, what I also want to tip the cap to is how he does manage to never make it worse. You know, he's not in the March banks. I guess March banks always has problems early, but I guess he's starting 30th and then gets caught up in other people's mess and stuff like that. Um, but also credit to Hunter for he's starting, you know, probably what, seventh or ninth or something in a lot of these motos. And he never ends up hitting someone, crashing, going back to last. His ability to just manage it. I mean, this is exactly the way he's done it all year. Every race ends with other guys probably feeling like, ah, I could have won today. But he's the one that actually wins. So it's, when you do that that much, it's repeatable. This is not an accident. Or like he knows what he's doing. Joe Schmoda's like, you watch Joe Schmoda, you're like, he's ripping. Or Justin Cooper, he's ripping. And then just Hunter just slowly eats them up and gets them and then drops them. And you're like, what? what, what? Like, like yeah. you're just like, that guy looked like he was hauling. I thought that this weekend. Joe Schmoda looked great in the moto... Yep. One, you're like, he's going to win this. Like, look, look at, like, he's on it. And then Hunter just goes, and then next thing you know, the gap is three seconds. And I'm like, what happened? You know? So. I think a lot of it is the variance. Like, they don't, they have these great laps, but they don't hold them. Like, if you look at their lap times, like, they can't consistently keep that same time over and over and over. So, yes, there are times when they put in these incredibly good laps, and I'll try to call them out on the broadcast, but then they don't hold that time. So then it's a little bit of fool's gold. Um, Joe Schmoda three three for fourth. That's tough. Yeah, he's bummed. He's that's bummed. tough. Yeah, that's a yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, good job for Joe though, for sure. Maximus Voland four six. You can hear him tomorrow night on the Pulp Mech Show, everybody, if you uh, so desire. Same thing. He's in that same group. Yeah. I mean, there were certain times in that race you're like, wow, look at Voland go. But uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it just doesn't end up happening. It's unbelievable that Max is not podium to national. <sighs> Like it's crazy, man. Like even like with a four three day or a four four day or something. Yeah. You somewhere along the line he's never made a podium at a national. Like what? You know? Yeah, uh, he looked so good early in that first moto. So I heard that Mitch really wants him and it's now up to the big bosses at Kawasaki if they can find money or room or whatever for next okay. year. Did you guys hear that? Is 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 this No? 
No, I'm not. I mean, that's I, I know that's been rumored for a while, but that's the yeah. late. That's a newer update than I heard. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what would be this lineup? Because so Kitch in is going there. Yep. Forkman. Um, obviously, uh, we know that um, McAdoo. Joe's not coming back. McAdoo, Forkner, Kitch. Well, that's four guys right there. Um. And then I guess that's it. Ryder D's not coming back. Ryder D's I not. assume Jake Reynolds not, and Mumphy was really not even on the team. Mumphy to Motor Concepts next year. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, that's right. You had huge breaking news. Yes, yes. That's right. Um, huge news. Okay. Well, that's pretty good four man too. Oh, Hammaker. Oh yeah, Hammaker. So five. Yeah. So five guys. So that's probably the argument. They got to try to make a five guy team. Yep. Yep. I. Ah, yeah. uh, oh, Hammaker was good, and then oh, bad bad deal for Seth. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, so if you're pro circuit, the bikes look fast. By the way, they really do. Um, yeah, they do. Look, they look, do it. Notice will be better. Yeah. They, yeah, I think they, they really, handle summer honestly. Like summer, something about their outdoor setting looks better. Yeah, but I don't know if 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 you're Mitch Payton, you got to be getting frustrated. I'm not bagging on these guys, but I'm like, how many motos have there been a bunch of Kawasaki's near the front? And then in the end, they, oh, they didn't even podium again, let alone they haven't gotten a race win. Yeah, but like, Ryder D gets starts, Hamaker gets starts and runs up front. I know Hamaker's coming back from injury, but there's been all of these signs of potential, mm-hmm. but it never materializes. And to me, just knowing how Mitch is, like, you got to do it for 30 minutes or it doesn't count. Yeah, no, Mitch does not care. But, Mitch, I was leading or I was going fast. Yeah, he doesn't care. And, and that, you know, that that leads us into Forkner, right? He qualified. Uh, he was P1 after the first session, right? And yeah. looking good, and yeah, gets caught up in the first turn. Washugal, same thing, gets fifth in the second moto. But yeah, eventually you're like, okay, like we get it. He's missed it a lot of time, but yeah, if you're Mitch, you're like, okay, man, like let's get it going, you know? So yeah, you're right. Well, Forkner, I mean, that's even earlier, and these are first turn crashes. Dude, this is twice. I think he got, did he get 21st at Washugal and 22nd here? Yeah. Yeah, Washugo was. I mean, Washugo was impressive. He was down a long time and yeah, and was yeah. ripped up. Uh, JT, you got to go. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Tom Vial, eight seven. Never saw him all day. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, Jalik Swole yeah. crashed in Moto Two, but uh, sixth in Moto One was good. Ryder D's. This was Ryder D's best race. Uh, yeah, since a long time. So. I guess it is, but I mean, it's been the same thing a lot. Is what I'm saying. Like he shows potential, but in the end, you're like up further back than he was at one point. Yeah, that's all. Yep. Yep. Um, Daxton Bennick, fourteen nine. Let me let me just start with this, okay? Uh, oh, 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 just like color me shocked that the dude who's ridden, I think, three nationals. Praxis with the star team has a race bike from the, the star guys gets a horizon award winner at Loretta's like these poor saps that show up to try to compete against somebody who's running Daxon Bennett's program. You know, is this new or something? Is this- I, I just, it's just, it's nothing against Bennett. It's just the whole system. It just sucks. Like, like think of the, all the advantages this dude has. And of course he's going to walk away with the Horizon Award winner from Loretta's and and win a class and all that. The most amazing thing was the other class, and you don't know what ha- I don't know what went down in that other class. Maybe it was all muddy. I'm not sure, but like, yeah, like what's this guy's a full professional? He's showing up at the ranch. I'm sure when people were racing Davy Millsaps and James Stewart, et cetera, et cetera, they felt like they were on a completely even playing field. I don't know, man. 
It's just changed. It's changed a little bit. I mean, those guys didn't race pro nationals. Yeah, well, at certain times they didn't. But here's the other: Kevin Windham raced all the nationals the year that he dominated Loretta's. Like, it also happened even worse in the past. But I don't. Why does no one bring that point up? It, uh, no, it it did happen. Yeah, I don't know about worse, but it happened. Yeah, the same where you can you. Windham raced like eight nationals before Loretta's. There were no limits at all. Right. None. But it wasn't was not even a rule. Just the whole thing wasn't as serious, you know, back then. It just wasn't yes, a serious. Yes, it's true. It just, no one, you know, no one's program was right. No, right. It was no more, one's, there wasn't such a thing as a program. There's no trainer. Yeah. There's no facility. There's no you know. Right. There's no magic race bike like Wyndham's. I guarantee you, Wyndham didn't have any factory parts on his bike. Like, you know, what I mean, it was just it was probably just <laughs> alley grinding well, away on it or something. You know. <laughs> like, I, I do think the uh, factory motor thing. I don't think you're going to see that in the race anymore. I'm just like you know. Yeah. What was the talk of that? Was there was there talk of like everyone's bikes were because they changed the rule a little bit, right? No. Oh, they didn't. They did not. I thought they changed. I'm very it. proud of this. Everyone, oh. pr- everyone's like, I guarantee you. Here's all they changed. They changed two things. If you claim a bike, your dad has to be with you, or someone over 18. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. And once you do it, you cannot turn back. There's no change in your mind. You hand over the money. It's done. Yeah. So all they did was take the two things that prevented it from happening last year to make sure it won't happen again. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, no, that's what I. I know they didn't change. Yeah, it yeah. To- but they changed. But all the yeah. predictions were that the evil factories were going to bend the AMA over and make it impossible to claim a bike. And if anything, they made it easier. Yeah. The yeah. price didn't go up. Right. And race a GYTR motor, guys. Yeah. That's the, that's why this rule's there. Well, did they? Did did did, did Dax and Bennick at the ranch? Oh, I, I don't know if you remember, but at Supercross Futures, they were out of their way to keep mentioning. He's on an amateur bike. He's mm. on the amateur bike. He's on an amateur star racing bike. Oh, yeah, they've been making a point out of that. Uh, Pierce Brown, 10th. Bennick, 9th. Pierce Brown, 10th. Uh, Forkner, 11th. Like we said, 5th in the second moto. That's a good start for Forkner to get in there. That's probably where he should be, right? Like, most, Yeah, I don't want to bag up Forkner. I think 5th is pretty damn good. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying that in a bagging way. Like, yeah, but I think 5th is good. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, Mumphy. 16, 13, uh, and an RJ, seventh in the first moto, uh, crashed again, and then we saw this DNF uh, second moto, and then the red flag and all that. Same with Hammaker. Big, big crash for Hammaker, man. Yeah. He crashed hard at Unidale like two years ago too, right? Was it two years ago? Yeah. Huge one where he, 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 he drug foot pegs up the face. No, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Pos- no. I'm positive that was Unidale like two years ago. Okay. Uh, Styles Robertson was back though. Got a start in one moto. Yeah. Well, then that was the one that got red st- reflagged. A red, oh, red shit. flag. You're right. Yeah. That's right. Right. And he did not get cert. He was nowhere to be found. No. Yeah. Second time around. Um, but I like. I will credit that team for this. Like they race. Like there's no taking the year off. You can race. You can race. I love it. Well, I don't know about that though, Weech, because I've heard that he's been riding for a long time now, and I, I was wondering what the hell was going on. He's been riding for a while. Well, I think there are certain standards that they watch you ride and decide if you're ready. Oh, okay. Quote, unquote. All right. But my point is, I think there's some teams, it's like, even when you are ready, it's like, ah, there's three races to go. Yeah. yeah. We got plenty of guys. Yeah. Back, nope. We got Bennett turning pro. We're good. You're right. We got um, Jay Wilson coming over. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Derek Kelly. I was... heard a rumor that uh, uh, Guillaume Ferris might be going to another team. He is. He's going to Rockstar Husky, yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable! What a what a what a what a he was packing groceries or something, right? Yeah, I guess he worked part time at a grocery store. This team 
picks him up out of nowhere, and uh, in the end, he goes to somebody else. That was that was shocking to me. Hey, Braswell switched uh, to the Cowie team that Master Pool's on. Yeah, yeah, they picked him up. I mean, great for that team to do that. And this team is trying to get started here. They, I think they, I can't remember who they were kind of paired up with another team last year. So to do their own thing this year. They were barely a team even like two months before the nationals began. Um, but that all said, awesome that they're helping Masterpool. Awesome that they're helping Braswell. But at the same time, can you imagine the difference in whatever Cowie they can put together versus the factory gas gas that he had? Yeah, I heard that TLD was going to keep them, but they not for SMX. And then um, this team said, yeah, we'll take you to SMX. So that's the idea for the switch. Oh, that they would have had him do the final nationals. Yeah. Gas gas would have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's money to be made. So maybe that's a choice he's got to make. Or maybe long term, he's like, it's going to end with gas gas eventually. Yeah. Maybe I can make this happen over here. Anyway, I I think it was pretty late. And I I just feel bad because I'm sure it's great that they picked him up. But. I'm sure going from a factory 250 to a non-factory 250 is like, yeah. But do you think if you talk to Caden that he would – do you think everything would be great? Oh, no. He would be yeah. Mr. Steven, Mr. <laughs> Pope. It's a blessed day and the sun was shining. Even when – he's the only one. He probably didn't see that fog at 6 in the morning. I, I'd love to see if he ever ends up with Phil as a teammate. Oh. That'd be great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fire and ice. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. All right. Before yeah, – anything, anything else yeah. on 250s? Uh, no, Hunter okay. Lawrence. All congrats right. to you. Yep. We, we cannot say enough that his his motor blew earlier in the year. So, and he crashed. Sorry, out. guys. And he crashed out too. Yeah, two DNFs. So, yeah, because even Justin Cooper being within twenty two points, you could say, "Wow, that's a miracle." He crashed out of Unadilla. But if you're the Hunter Lawrence camp, you're going to say, "Well, we gave you two motos back." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the same. Yep. Yeah. Hunter's um, been great. Hey, uh, I want to talk about Loretta's before we go. Um, yeah. Well. You want to talk uh, about Bennick's program or bike or? Oh my god! I just nothing against. See, this is going to get twisted into the Bennick thing, and it's nothing against him or nothing else. Like all of that. No, you've it's been just, consistent with uh, this whole. Uh, you've been saying this long before Bennick was even part of this. We we got we got combines. We don't need to let him race nationals. We got combines now. Everyone, we got combines. Calm down, race fucking combine and be happy with it. But nope, nope. We got to give you nationals too. You know, it's just and, and then and then again, you know. We got, we got guys out there that are, like, trying to get into these races, like we touched on on the top. They can't enter races because Daxton Bennett's racing. And it's just, I mean, again, nobody would – the guy that he's bumping would probably – maybe wouldn't even make the show or maybe he's got a full-time job and, he like, the, you know, he's not bumping, like, you know, a great rider out. Chances are. So I'm not trying to say that. But, like, yeah, we just give these amateurs everything. We just give them everything, man. There's just no – they, they make the money, they got the bikes, they got the facilities, they got the trainers, they get to race Pro Nationals, they get to race Loretta's, they got it all. Like, yeah, so go. this is all, this is what the teams are asking for because um, this is the original of your rant. The original rant of yours was how poorly most of these phenom hotshot amateur guys end up doing as pros. That was your original rant. Like the, the success rate was well below 50%, right? And I think your thing was, Hire better guys. Why are you hiring the riders you're hiring? You're, you're, well, yes, I, some I, guys are phenoms and we know this, but then they're also giving pro deals to guys who weren't that good. Why are you doing this? I literally quoted you on Thursday's Moto 60 show when talking to Truman oh. about it, where you you said one time, like, yeah, just so, someone's going to win, but that doesn't mean they're elite. That's just that year that they were born in, that particular class, you know, isn't 
great. They're, they're not going to end up with a great bunch of guys. Uh, Durham, P.J. Larson, you know, we can kind of go through different classes and go pick on some guys. But that yeah, doesn't mean, yeah, it's, that it's, doesn't mean it's to unfair. hire you don't have to hire them. And, no. and honestly, sometimes they don't. So Broswell is the Horizon Award winner, but Broswell didn't end up with a – he was on Phoenix Racing Honda, but he wasn't on a full-on factory team. Yeah. And he's still scratching for a factory ride. Right now he doesn't even have one again. But a lot of that is because, um, you know, for example, I'll just throw this example out. Had Nick Romano raced Loretta's last year, but he didn't. They had him race the Nationals. Maybe Nick Romano is the Horizon Award winner, and you're like, oh, the Horizon Award winner has a Star Factory ride. So there's all these sliding skips. Um, um, Deegan could have raced Loretta's this year. He never even raced it in the A class. He was a B rider last year. That happens a lot, where someone de- get develops so fast, they end up leaving the amateurs mm-hmm. early, and then it leaves the second or third best guy to win. Uh, Benny Gloss was a uh, Horizon Award winner, but I think it was one of those years. Not that Benny's bad, but like the Phenom was already yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That might have been the Webb scene for all year. They both started at the Nationals, something like that. So sometimes they don't end up with rides. But for sure, also, we had the problem for a while where I do feel like every manufacturer felt like, well, we have to have a kid. So if the first three fastest kids are hired, I guess we hire the fourth. And it's like, well, the fourth best 16-year-old isn't necessarily going to turn out to be. Yeah. You know, And they are better at These this. guys are all yeah. good. These yeah. guys are all last 1%. But race winning good as a pro there's only a handful of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, yeah. I mean, we talk about it every year. There's in the end, there's only five, four fifty supercross winners every year, no matter what in the entire planet. Yeah, no. And there, and then, and to be fair, like the teams are getting better, like at picking guys and do, trying to do better. But, but like, it's like the great thing. Like they're, they're trying to give themselves as many golden parachutes uh, to make this as easy as it possibly can for them. And, and the promoters are saying, sure. Yeah. Let's do futures. Sure. Yeah. Let's let them race national. Sure. Yeah. We'll give you greats. Like we'll make we'll make all your jobs easier, um, you know, because they're the ones that want it to be easier, so that they don't miss out on these kids. But on the other hand, like, yeah, maybe just be better at picking riders. Yeah, so that that is where it all comes from. It is the teams pretty much saying, "Look, we've struck out a lot, yeah. but it would really help us if we could see more." We're trying to take something that's somewhat related. These amateur races, it's motocross racing, but it's not the same. I mean, if you want to know who's got it. If you watch a race supercross track during the night show and you watch a race at actual national, you're probably going to get a little bit better view of mm-hmm. how good they really are, yeah. you know, than, than not doing it. So that's where this all comes from. But I agree with you. I mean, you and I both said this, like uh, drafting uh, the quarterback in the NFL, it is the most critical uh, athletic position, maybe in the world. Maybe is that, would you argue that picking a good quarterback is the most critical thing in the world today? Honestly, Billions of dollars. I would put it. I, I would put it on par with importance of a goalie. In oh hockey. god, here but we go. I know. Okay. I know. This here, is where, here we go. Yeah, I know you hate here, hockey, but here, here, here we go. Here we go. I mean, entire cities, entire cities change based on Kansas City has changed because they picked Patrick Mahomes. They got it right, but it is notoriously 50-50 College yeah. phenoms that aren't expected to be good turn out to be good, and the guys that were expected to be good yeah. turn out not to be good. And yeah. then sometimes the guys that is supposed to be good does turn out to be good. But it is the amount of money and resources and scouting and effort they put into this, and they still can't get it right. But you know what would make it really easy? If they just let them play a couple NFL games. <laughs> yeah, But that's not how it works. No. Sorry. Yeah. It's just not how it works. Uh, so here – Not in our sport. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So a lot of this is, you know, there is there is a great upside to the sport in general working together. We're not just barring the door and saying it's our way or the highway. It's having meetings. It's having communication. What would help you? What would help us? How can we work together? But this is what they get. And I will say further that this could be even more. I believe the teams, what they would really love is to just have a straight-up EMX series like they have in Europe where they just race amateurs every weekend or most weekends at most tracks. Um, but I don't think the promoters want to go that far because it's like, yeah. well, we've seen the argument there. What does our guy Lewis Phillips say? He says all that's done is hurt the MX2 class in the end. It's just another title that we can now go out and win. And now is it about development? Is it's it about, about scouting right. or has it just become another title to win? Yeah, no, I would say. And then you're holding guys down, not having them race MX2 so they can just win this title that wasn't supposed to be anything more than development, but now you've turned it into a title you can win. And also, I think that, look, I'll be honest. I mean, if anyone was going to run these races at the MX Sports, they would probably be the ones to benefit the most. But I think that they're saying like, okay, we can only go so far. Like if we just have every top amateur races, 11 nationals or eight or whatever, like at this point, we don't even have amateur racing anymore. Like, what is the point of having any other tracks in the world? Yeah, no, <laughs> any exactly. other events? And not never mind the the, yeah. the expenses and the time and and you know you can't because you can't have on a race day, not enough time you know on a national day. But oh, to fit it in is one thing, but also, I mean, I know this is laughable because you can't stop people from spending money in racing in any racing you never have. This is the way it always is. They're trying to do it in F one, but good luck with that. Um, I also think that they're still trying to stick to like, if these are supposed to be teenage school age, amateur kids saying you have to race 11 weekends a year from California to New York state and everything in between. Is that really, is that really good for that? Now we know that at the elite level, they've, they're going to spend the money anyway and do it. But once you open that gate, now everybody's got to do it. And it becomes even more expensive and more travel and even harder. Yeah. Um, maybe it's dumb at this point because they're going to do it anyway, but, you know, the whole Loretta's program is still based around the idea of, look, no matter where you live, all you really got to do is go to a couple of local tracks, local races at other tracks, known tracks in your area and then your region. And then you race in a race that takes place when school is not in session. And that is enough. We don't have to disrupt your life to this level. So, yeah. I think they're trying to cling to that a little bit. Like, just race your local. Dark. Like, yeah, you, know, I hope, you don't need I, to come to 11 Nationals. Right. You have to race from Palo through Unadilla and everything in between. I agree. But I think yeah. the teams would love to have that. I think they would. Yeah, just be better at picking riders, teams. All right, let me talk to you about Loretta's. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah like, so I get it that you guys had, like, biblical reigns and everything was delayed and some motos didn't get in or they they, they were cut. They shortened them, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's been biblical rains many, many, many years, and nothing was ever cut or shortened. So how bad was this? Uh, it was more rain than I've ever seen there. Oh, really? Sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, you've been around the East Coast enough to know you get the summertime thunder shower um, every day at some point when it gets real hot, right? You've been in Florida enough yeah. to know yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but what I always say is I've lived on the East Coast my whole life. I've seen it a thousand times. You usually get heavy rain briefly or light rain for a while that first day on Thursday, I could not believe that it rained that hard for that long. I mean, it was like five hours of like deluge. I'm like, this is bizarre. Really? Um, okay. And then I was wondering, I mean, eventually I'm like, dude, we raced dirt bikes in the rain. Like, what are they doing? And I'm telling you all day, all the way through Saturday, many people were like, what is track you doing? Why are you? Nothing? 
Why are you not racing in the rain? Why are you spending this much time doing track prep? Why aren't you just running motos? Mm -hmm. But I have to say at the very, very, very end, when they got the 50 motos in with like three minutes of daylight to spare yeah, Saturday. The, the podium, I saw a podium shot. It was dark. Oh, it, was dark. Yeah, it was dark. Yeah. But in the end, they were to their madness. And their calculations were, if you race in the rain, they did a little bit on Saturday because it was getting desperate. But they're like, if the track goes completely away, and now you just have every moto bikes just getting drowned out and stuck and pulled out. It's going to take more time than we're going to gain back by stopping or doing the maintenance. Um, Cause this is what we always do, right? We watch the guys that are winning and we're basing the track on that. Yeah. But what they're concerned is if 25, 65s all get buried, stuck or drowned out like every third moto, that's going to become, yeah. you know, that'll be way worse than 15 minutes of track maintenance. Um, so that was their goal. Like, do not let the track get completely impassable. And if we have to stop, we'll stop. And they somehow got in. Yeah. They cut laps. There was one other year I was there where we lost almost a whole day, but it was earlier in the week. So when you cut five minutes out of each moto, you know, when you're doing that on Wednesday, you got more motos to, for that time yeah, to pay I, off. I think but, uh, no, the, I never seen this much rain. And back never. in the nineties, they ran two motos one year. There was some hellacious storm with two motos. <laughs> yes. I did see one YouTube comment that said like, they would have never cut things back in the big Dave days. And I'm like, well, in 1995, it was the big Dave days. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. you can't do anything about rain. Right. But yeah. Okay. Uh, so like, again, so many muddy Loretta's, but this was, this was special mud. All right. Got it. This uh, is the most rain I've ever seen yeah, by far. Yeah. Um, did it, did it affect the racing at all as far as who would win and who wasn't? I mean, Mike Brown. Yes, I get that. But I mean like the, yeah, the real amateur classes, like, yeah, I think it did only because, you know, you'd like to say, like, well, it just proves who the best mud rider is and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But we know how mud races are. Yes, some guys are better in mud than others. But, Steve, we also know that sometimes even a good mud rider can randomly have a bad mud race. Yeah. And a bad mud rider can randomly have a good one. Like, sometimes it just – it's sometimes it's different between the start or you tipped over and got your gloves muddy or mm -hmm. you watered out yeah. your goggles. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll give you an example. So Julian Beaumare, who we saw in Supercross Futures – he won a moto when it was dry. Then the next moto when it was that like tacky, sticky, kind of the worst. Their guys always say they hate. They'd rather race when it's raining almost, you know, when it gets tacky. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was terrible and he got 17th. And I'm like, well, he's from Havasu. That's what you get in the mud. But then the final day when it was raining and it was even muddier and they were racing in the slop, then he dominated even more. So he went 117-1. And I'm like, so what we just learned, learned there is it's just a lottery mm -hmm. sometimes he was the best guy in the mud in one moto and the worst guy in the mud in another moto. Um, so that's how Gavin towers ended up winning a title. Um, cause I think he went three, two, three or three, three, two, something like that. Um, but in the end, everyone was like, dude, no one was able to be the same in all the conditions, the dry moto, the tacky moto, the right. rain moto, right? He did. So he, he earned it. And by his admission, he was, he was coming off a collarbone. I don't think he had the whole moto fitness in him. Um, so that paid off for him. Yeah, yeah it was. And, it affected the results for sure is what I'm saying. And Juju is going to race this weekend and be on the team next year from what I hear. Yeah. I know he's racing buds. I don't know what the deal is okay. for next year. Maybe. And he also said, you'll enjoy this, by winning a moto, uh, his trainer, Davey Millsaps, now has to wear Daisy Dukes at Buzz Creek. Did you Ooh. hear that? No, I did not hear that. Yeah. That was part of That was a bet. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, that should yeah. be. So look forward to that this weekend. Interesting to see that at the Duke. I said, are you shaving the legs? And he's like, oh, they're already shaved, bud. Don't worry. He's good. Um, he's ready. 
All right. And then uh, Phineas was a pretty big surprise, too, from people I talked to. Yeah, so he like, won a moto, yeah. but then he could have won. I think he was going 2-1 or something into the third moto, and then his, I think his bike just drowned out. So there you go. Right, but he opened some yeah. eyes from what people thought he could do to what he did do, or am I, am I not hearing right? Uh, no, I think you'd be correct. Like he's yeah. always been pretty good. I don't know if you know, but Little Red Dog and Finnis have had some some rivalry. Oh some no, I'm not aware of this. No. Oh no, they've come to the ranks together, and it's I believe it's gotten heated at times. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say Red Dog himself. I think he's pretty chill. Um, but anyway, uh. Yeah, so he's always been pretty good. It's not like he hasn't been on the radar, but winning a pro sport moto, I feel like that was like sure. next level. So it would have been huge, I think, for him to finish that off. But yeah, the mud got him. Yeah, and the little little red dog. Oh man, he is. Oh uh, man, rough yeah, we all know he's going to triumph. He's got to really reset himself here. It's been a couple of rough years for Evan, for sure. He dislocated his jaw. I know. Did you see it? Like it was a good yeah. lord. Yeah. Well, oh. I saw him walking off the track and asking someone to unbuckle his helmet so that's usually when you think a guy's got broken arms or something but right geez oh man and uh, he had not been riding much and at one point they said they weren't even sure if he's gonna race at all yeah so yeah it makes him look bad but i guess he was not ready for whatever reason i'm not sure what the deal was with that right and uh yeah. Je jeff emig was pretty good fro was pretty good like i you know well he was but brown is ridiculous no i know yeah but but but, but i think even for emig to pass Kiefer and kind of drop him um, you know, he's on a two stroke, he's on a three and a two stroke and he was clearly the second best guy. You know, I yeah. think that was a surprise that Fro was the, clearly the second best guy. So, yeah. And those two strokes, you know, this is what the world wants. They want fuel injected two strokes. This is what, you know, this is the dream that everyone has. If the AMA hadn't had these bad four stroke displacement rules that in the year 2023, this is what we would have had. We would have had fuel injected two strokes, but here's the secret on the fuel injected two strokes. They don't have it figured out. Yeah. Now, Maybe two, three years, maybe they do figure it out. Like, I noticed your podcast with Jimmy D. I'm going to be riding the 22 carbureted 125. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. And um, yeah, the bike is just not where it needs to be. I heard the same thing at Straight Rhythm, Marv mm -hmm. won, but yeah. they were like, mm. uh, and maybe they'll get there. But uh, it was a definite disadvantage for Fro. Although it is still funny to hear you say, I mean, Emig passed Kiefer. He must have been on it. Yeah, but, but but no, because I, I think I don't know what. I mean, the last time we were at the ranch, Kiefer beat him pretty good. But then again, Fro was on a 150, so maybe there's that. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. But like, Kiefer generally is better than Jeff Emig at Glen Helen or wherever. You know. So this is this is these are the sentences that are coming out of your mouth. I know, but listen, I mean, <laughs> listen. You know what I'm. You know what I mean. Okay. Um, well, same thing. It's funny to hear even. Well, I, mean, I didn't have anything for Mike Brown. No. Like that's even funny if you really yeah. think about it. Yeah, for sure. But that's yeah. just where we're at with these guys. Yeah, Jeff Emig beat, beat Mike Brown in ninety percent of the motos that they raced. I would bet. Yeah, yeah, but Emig said like he the he called his buddy. And he's like, hey, we got to get a bike ready for the Reds. And his buddy's like, have you been riding at all? He's like, I just started. Like he started in April. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna and Brownie has not stopped since no. 1993. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. All right, and then uh, uh, but that was cool. Yeah. Um, the brownie thing. Here's the here's the disappointment, the secret disappointment. I believe brownie was circling. If I get two titles this year, and I get two titles next year, I think he was looking at he could get the all time record from Kevin Walker, and then he said he would race a national at the end of next season, and then be done with the Loretta's thing. And he even said the retire, but I'm not buying that. But 
he got zero titles this year now. Yeah. So I think that's all screwed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brownie, Brownie would still – I don't think he would score points. Well, maybe in this field in this year, but in a typically stacked field, I don't think he'd get points anymore. Because Dowd – well, he, Dowd was 47 and was 19th or something, his last Southwick. Oh, was he down to 19th level? Yeah, yeah, he was down there. He was 15 to 19 or something. Yeah. So I don't know. Is he Tanelliot level or? Yeah. See, then again, yeah. You look at Tanelliot. He's thirty-eight, right? Ah, that's still, yeah. Brown's like fifty-two. Brown's fifty. Yeah. Never mind. Let's forget. It. I was trying. To, yeah. Never mind. Uh, how did? But I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I Brown just. I mean, he seems like the same as that guy. I guess that can't possibly be true. But <laughs> it's true. Uh, he seems like thirty-year-old Mike Brown right now. What about um? Uh, what about Kellen announcing? Kellen Brower, big announcing debut. Yeah, we had an embarrassment of riches. We had so many announcers. Um, it was crazy how many announcers we had. And uh, I wanted to get Kellen in. He's always wanted to have reps, you know, doing real races and not just sim. So good for him to get in there. I thought he did good. And then we had the uh, other guys that are on the, the group that does all – a lot of people tune in just for Loretta's Racer TV, not knowing that there's also 13 GNCCs a year that that same crew does. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have the same announcers for that. Uh, Mikey Waynes, and we picked up two guys who were young last year that are kind of full-time now, uh, but Zach and Jackson, and then my buddy Kevin Kelly's always there. And then for some reason, Megawatt was left off of all press releases and all mention of he'd be in the announcer's booth. Poor Megawatt. I don't know why they did that, but he was announcing the whole time like he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how he didn't get mentioned. I was very confused with that. Yeah, poor Megawatt. Um, but that's a lot of guys. It's a lot of guys. So you didn't even like really tire out of talking like like you normally do. Uh, I will say it's a little different though because when it was me at one point it was just really me, Kevin Kelly, and Wes Kane, right. like three of us. Yeah. Any of the three of us had been doing it for so long that you could disappear for four hours and you knew it didn't make a difference. Like any combination of the two of us was fine. Okay. I almost felt this year I'm like ah these are newer guys I don't know if I should just do that. Um, so in some ways I actually worked. I was only doing podiums a lot, but I didn't miss most. Um, Zach Herod, our new guy, did some. But on the last day, I mean, it was a drive-through. It was the Chick-fil-A drive-through <laughs> of but podiums. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and I was like, this hey, is going to be impossible. <laughs> yeah, because the magic of this is we have a site lap, and that's where we do all the podiums. Well, we didn't have a site lap. The last day, we're like, we're doing a site lap at 6.30 in the morning. If you, you look at the track then, and that's your last chance. Yeah. So I'm like, great. The podium time is gone. The motos are now shorter. And you get the point where you have a guy that finishes fourth in the moto and wins the title. Now you got to do four interviews and all this. I'm like, I'll just do it. So, yeah, I ended up 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. It's 13 straight hours of podiums. Jeez. <laughs> I think I calculated it up. I think it was 114 interviews or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Yeah. Just keep them running. <laughs> keep it going. You, uh, yeah. you did get to present Barry with a number one plate, though? Yeah, a red plate from his points lead yeah. in 1990. Yeah. Um, yeah, Gear gave me the, the – I asked, who does these red plates for the Nationals? It's Gear. But hilariously, they're like, yeah, we'll get it to you. So then Derek from MX Sports is like, hey, Gear sent some stickers for you. And I'm like, what do you mean stickers? And I'm like, oh, no, they only did the sticker. They didn't give me a plate. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with the sticker? Yeah. What, what? So luckily uh, – Talked to Wheeler and everybody over there at Suzuki and uh, 
Dustin Pipes gave me a plate, and then we laughed because they're like, Barry's going to be mad that you took a perfect brand new Suzuki front number plate and defaced <laughs> it with this red plate. He's going to peel oh, it off. You, yeah. you will love this, Steve. For some reason, Barry is number 28 at Loretta's. Why is he 28? That makes no sense. Yeah. He's always been 31. Uh huh. You ready? Yeah. He figured if I take 28, I can take Corey's number 281 plates and just put some black electrical tape oh, on it. And now it I don't need to buy graphics. There it is, Barry. Oh, that's brilliant. So, so for people who don't know, Barry was the 125 East points leader. They did a, They opened the 125 East series with a with an East West round, and Barry yeah. got fourth, and therefore was the top placing East rider, and was the points yes. leader going into the next round. Uh, so did. Yep. The, did the plate say 1991 or nineteen? Yeah, I found the date. It was yeah. like February 3rd, 1990, <laughs> Houston Supercross. Yeah, I found the date. Um, oh, that's great. Credit to John Ayers and everybody at Gear for printing it. It looked exactly like what Hunter Lawrence would have um, <laughs> right now. Did, yeah. So yeah. did he know? He didn't know this? You just brought – you just surprised No, me? I kept that as a surprise because here was the thing. I'm, I was planning on like his first podium. I'll give it to him. But that's when I found out I only had the dance sticker. And I'm like, okay, I missed one podium here. Yeah, yeah. In the 40 class, Barry's like 54 now. I'm yeah. like, I don't think he's going to podium at 40. I need him to come through at 50 plus. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the Suzuki guys are like, how dare you doubt Barry? And I'm like, I'm just nervous. We got to get this plate. We got to get this yeah. dial. <laughs> um, and uh, credit to him, he got a horrible start. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. But he rallied from like 18th to third, not knowing that this podium meant he was going to get this red plate. Uh, he came through for me. Yeah. So, just on the podium, you're like, hey, by the way, uh, we screwed you back in the day, and we're making yeah, we're riding we didn't a wrong. have a red plate back then. Right, we're yes. riding a wrong, Barry. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He was pumped, though. He remembered. He's like, yeah, people didn't expect it. I did have the points lead going into round two. But what I did forget until I posted it on Instagram was Denny Stevenson jumping in there. I forgot that was actually Denny's year. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. It was Denny. I couldn't remember if Denny landed on Emig or Emig landed on Denny, but that was why. Emig, or, or sorry, Denny won like every other race for the yeah, rest yeah, of the year. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Barry, I love it. It was great. Good yeah. on you, Barry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was it, pumped. It, Barry gave me, when we did that live show in New Jersey a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember, he gave me one of his Loretta's gold moto win medals. No. From Loretta's. I don't remember that. He presented it on stage. Yeah. He, oh, I don't yep. remember that. Yes. So I felt like I needed to do something. Yeah. And I finally got it done. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. That, yeah. that made me laugh for sure when I saw that. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, speaking of New Jersey, you know, J Law showed up. I saw that. Yeah. I saw, yeah. Somebody sent that. Yeah. What was he doing? Just yeah, hanging? J Law showed up. Yeah. Huh? Hanging? Just hanging? Like, or is he doing something? Or like. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, um, our buddy Scott Sokovic kept saying he was going to show up. And I'm like, dude, you've been telling me this forever. I'll believe it when I see it. And then lo and behold, I'm like, I got to give you credit, Hollywood. <laughs> You did it. He's oh, here. Oh, he was there with Scott? Yeah, eventually. I guess Scott put it all together. Like, Scott hit up some, or Jay Lovins hit up somebody, and then Scott had to go get him. I'm sure Scott was behind the logistics. Um, First Dennis Rodman, and, Jay, and, then, and then Jason Lawrence. Yeah, it's true. If you want to, it's a good point. Scott Sipkovic, everybody. What, did you uh, talk to him? I saw him. He was actually standing in the deck. Oh, shout out to Phoenix Honda and... David Eller, the owner of that team, he's the one that built this fantastic new tower that we have for the announcers and VIPs at Loretta's. It's great. Uh, his construction company, they rebuilt the ranch when it got flooded two mm -hmm. years ago. And then it's like, now he loves, this is like his baby. It's like, what else can we build? So they built the mother of all announcers towers. And it has a huge observation deck on it to look at turn one. So I went up there and I'm like, oh, there he is. And I did give him the knuckles. But to be honest, uh, I'm good with it. Like, I don't, 
I am never going to be the, oh, if I could get a J-Law interview or something, this would be yeah, huge. Yeah. I'm over it. I don't, whatever. He can do what he wants to do. I'm not trying to get anything out of him. I'm not trying to like, hey, can you do me a favor? And can we do an interview? Can we do a podcast? Like, right. yeah. it's whatever to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was good yeah. to see that he was out there. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. And the overall good times. Um, I didn't see Kiefer around because he decided to Airbnb it. Yep. As you know, they weren't even there. Troll Train, um, Preston, and him and his family all Airbnb'd, yeah. Troll Train did too? Yeah, Troll Train was staying with him, yeah. Oh, he was at that Airbnb? Yeah. It was a bummer deal. Kellen and I were trying to figure out how to get there, but the, the days turned so unpredictable where we had no clue when we were. If, if you had told me on Thursday that we're going to have eight hours off, yeah, you we would have gone. Planned it a little better, yeah. right? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, but it was a whole week of wait, 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 wait. Well, now go! I think I think I'm yeah. coming to Loretta's next year. So, I think, really? Yep. I think it's finally going to happen. Well, I, I was there in '98, but yeah, I was working. But uh, I know. Yep. Is Kiefer going to race it again himself? I, mean, I don't Aiden know. Killed it, but... we, we we're going to have a discussion tomorrow night about his future. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Hey, wait. Kiefer tried to race Paolo this year. Yeah. Still a Dax Bennett program. Oh, okay. Yeah, same thing. You right. should not be allowed. Yeah. Good point. You're right. Yeah. Do we need to talk about the old racing thing? The what? The old pros like Brown and Emmett. Uh, it's, it's the dumbest thing. It, I just, I don't, these people and they're whining and complaining, you know. Uh, it, what's funny is these are old guys that probably in their day-to-day life complain about how soft these kids are nowadays. They complain how everybody gets a trophy now and, and there's participation medals. These are probably same people saying this uh, uh, now. Uh, but But when it comes to their own racing, uh, they want a participation medal. They want it. They're soft and they're complaining. Like I, it's, 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 I don't, I'll never understand it. Look like is Jeff Emig and Mike Brown and these other guys, are they just not allowed to race ever again? There's not enough of a class to put 40 of these guys together. There's too many, there's too disparity in ages as well to have them all race together in some sort of like super X pro class or whatever you'd want to hell you'd want to call it. Um, what are they supposed to do? Just never race again? Like, hey, I like racing my dirt bike. Nope. Sorry. Go fuck yourself, Mike Brown. Like, what does it matter? <laughs> like, these these pros are not going to get – DeCosta is not signing them. You know, like, oh, I got beat by Mike Brown. Like, you're never going to get a ride out of this. You're doing this for fun. And if you happen to beat one of these ex-pros, then good on you. But, you know, yeah, like, otherwise, who cares? And there are vet classes, by the way, for you to race where these guys aren't allowed. So – Stop it, everybody. Just stop it. I hope that last point you make is something that everybody knows. Part of me wonders. I'm like, do people not realize? They just see Mike Brown winning and think like, oh, he's winning every class. They literally do split it. Like Brown at 52 or whatever he is has to race the 40-plus class because he is not allowed to race 45. Um, Not allowed to race 30. So 25, uh, if I can remember this right, 25, 40, and 50 guys who've scored points in racing as professionals can race, and 30 and 45, they cannot. Um, which, by the way, it leads to the same exploiting the rules. We've joked about this. We have guys who, you know, got 21st in motos. You regret not getting that one point. That would have been so cool for their whole life. Now saying, sweet, now I get to exploit the rule for my benefit mm-hmm. in the 45-plus class. So in the end, Everyone's just looking for a rule book to be bent to help themselves. That's the way all racing is always. Yeah, I just, right. Yeah. Um, but so I just want people to know that it's not every class. There's two classes that Brown and Emig are not allowed to race. 
Um, or anybody who's ever scored is, a point. Anybody who's ever scored a point cannot race. Yeah. Yes. So Brown and I think they score a point. Right. Anyone that's not scored a point. Um, but my other point, here's my bigger point. You're like, this isn't fair. I have to race Mike Brown and Jeff Emig. But you know what? There was a time where Mike Brown raced an 80 at Loretta's and 65 and the B class and the A class. And you're going to have to beat Mike Brown then also if you wanted to win those titles. Was that any more fair then? Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's like, like I you, just... if you were, if you are Justin Barsha's age or Eli Tomac's age, you were going to have to beat Justin Barsha and Eli Tomac in the 12 to 13 85 class to win that title. So this isn't actually that different, really. Yeah, um, I just, I just, no, I yeah, yeah. yeah, I just, I don't get it. He's, the, the, quit complaining. You're not, you, you're, it is what it is. These guys, they, they're allowed to race, man. They, they follow the rules. They're not skipping any step of the rules to race or anything else. So stop it just because they're better than you and you can't beat them. Yeah, those are my only counters to that. There are two classes they can't race. And by the way, all the other classes to win, there would be really good guys. Yeah. I mean, you got to beat Dax Benick if you want to win the other class. Yeah, you know? I just, I just, and you like, got to beat and, Casey Cochran. And like, again, it's just, like, you're not yeah. getting anything out of this. Your fifth, that would have been a third. If Mike Brown and Jeff Emig wasn't there, that's not getting you anything. Your third's not getting you anything. Your fifth's not getting you anything. You're in an age class at, at an amateur race. You're done. You have a job and a family, and this isn't professional racing. Like, why are you mad? What? Why are you? Why are you upset? You know? Like, I don't. Yeah. Care. yeah. And also, it's hard to make rules. I know that Emig and Brown were superstars and heroes and national champions, but it's hard to make a rule if you said they couldn't race at all. You know and they were completely out. Then the next group of guys who were good enough to qualify for nationals, but didn't score points, then they're going to win. So you know what the next argument is going to be? Why are guys that qualified for nationals allowed to race? Yeah, really, get them right? out of yeah. there too. Yeah, get them and out then of the next too. argument will be, why is a guy who had a pro license, but didn't score or didn't qualify for national? Why is he yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're just looking to bend the rules and, for your own benefit. And it would be, I mean, ultimately the, the best solution that one that I would love to see is some sort of like super pro class that's plus 30 and up. And it's, uh, it's Mike Brown and Heath Harrison and all of this, but we don't have 40 of those guys and we don't have the means to qualify that those guys at local races and all of that stuff. Like, like that's not feasible. I would love to see some sort of like, you know, super old timers race. That'd be super awesome. Yeah. Like the fight club thing was awesome, right? When Bidas threw that fight club together, I thought that was really cool. I'd love to see that yeah. at the ranch. But there isn't enough guys to do this at the ranch or on the local levels. Well, what's crazy is people would never realize this, but the class at Loretta's, it's not based on what we see at the top. Like the class is not built around Hayden Deegan or Daxton Bennett or Mike Brown. The classes are based on what are the classes that are the most popular, you know, what class is going to fill the gate at every area and every regional and at Loretta's that thus proves this is the most viable class that the AMA should offer for this event. Yeah. So yeah, if you had a class that was only for dudes that scored points, you'd be like, they're holding a race at the area qualifier that has eight riders <laughs> or less and, or less right. or, or less. And then these other classes are like people, again, there's not even enough room to get these dudes in. Like that doesn't seem fair. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the classes and the ages are always built around at the lowest level. First step, the area, local track level, how many people are attempting to race this class? Is that class viable? And it would not be. And, well, the other thing is, I know people think it would be awesome, 
this gets suggested all the time. What if you just had a series of the nationals for retired guys? I mean, I'm Bytus would love that idea, right? He's throwing that out there, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, what if we could have Timmy come back and race? And well, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a great concept. It is a great concept, but it's a great concept until these dudes are getting carted off at some yeah, point. Nobody yeah, wants to yeah. see that. Well, and somebody's getting hurt. You and JT slander against Timmy earlier in this podcast is noted. So. <laughs> it okay. would just it would end up getting too fast, too serious, yeah, too absolutely. legit, yeah. too fast. And those jumps are and big. It's like, wait, these guys retired. Those jumps are big on nationals. Yeah, but someone would. Well, we saw we saw Todd DeHoop when they had that one Legends race. Is like, dude, this is my shot to beat Carmichael. Like yeah. that's going to happen, right? Over and over. Yep. For uh, sure. Someone's going to try too hard. Get a get a factory bike and train and try to jump stuff and then you're like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't do that either. Nope. Um, yeah. All right, man. Uh, sounds good. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks, Weech, um, for coming on. JT earlier as well. That's the Unadilla wrap up. Bud's Creek this weekend, buddy. Bud's Creek. Who can forget? Are you me? back? Yeah, I'm back. Are you talking about Sturgis on your show? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to hear stories of that, but same oh. for Pulp. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll. I'll bring it up to tomorrow night okay uh, okay all right sounds good yep. uh we'll see you at Bud's Creek, right. man thanks yep see ya. see ya this has been the fly racing steve mathis show presented by maxis tires renthal motorsport.com and kuba links on racerxonline.com Thanks for listening and supporting our partners. Don't change me up. Don't change a thing.